The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. It's in the trees. It's coming. When I was a child, running in the night, afraid of what I might be. Hiding in the dark, hiding in the street, and a war was following me. The horns of love are haunting me. I've always been a coward. That'll do, won't it? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. But don't phone me if you don't like Kate Bush, because I will not be wanting to have a conversation with you. I think it's a fine, fine thing to get someone who is that brilliant. And uh, if you don't, then uh, I, f- I fear for you. I really do. Let's have a quick word with Mark. Hello, Mark. Good evening. Are you all right? How are you? I'm all yeah. right. I'm good. I've just finished my shift. Have you? Yeah, yeah. You sound a bit. You sound a bit floppy, way. Mark. You're knackered. A little bit, but it's worth it in the long run to see what we do for people. Of course it is. Mark, in case anyone's new to the show and or miss Mark's phone calls, Mark, you, you're a carer that stays over, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to call you to say well done for this week. Oh, thanks. You've been amazing. Blimey. Thanks very much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, you have. You just, you just 
um, what am I trying to say? You've just kind of took it by the balls, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, all right. Thanks very much, Mark. I appreciate it's it. Right. How's Nigel getting on? Nigel? Okay, so Nigel was supposed to go to a food bank and then yesterday he couldn't find it. So I've sent him a map. Um, People have been trying to help him out on Twitter and I know that he was going to go to the MP who sorted out his referral um, Mm -hmm. today and his office were going to make sure he he got there. So I'm hoping that we might get some good news from from Nigel. It's really frustrating hearing the way he's kind of been treated. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it is, especially when you work within, you know, the caring profession. Uh-huh. Um, and, and we work with people with less needs than what he's clearly got as well, which is really frustrating. Really? When there's people out there like Nigel who need that support, who just, it seems, can't get that support. Yeah, well, the thing is, he can't advocate for himself. So he's never been no. assessed, it would appear. He doesn't remember being assessed, and I'm told that you would remember. Yeah, well, um, and it depends, really. Yeah, well, see, see, social services, apparently he's not on their books as someone who has got learning difficulties because he's not had an assessment. Really? Well, social, the, the guy from the council, I think he either got mixed up or there was mixed messages or something. He told me that social services had checked him out and um, and found that he didn't have learning difficulties. And I said, are you sure? Are you sure? Because, you know, five minutes in... And you know that he's quite confused about a lot of things and that he sees yeah, the world the differently. That we, that we listen to on a daily basis. I know, I know, but bless him. It's, so it, it, it's crazy. It, so, so basically the council, he's, I was assured that social services were aware of him, but they're treating him kind of the same as they treat any 60 plus. Uh-huh. And we know that he needs more than that. So that's the problem as well when they, they live at home with the parents for all that, all their many years and then that all of a sudden they disappear. Mm. They just can't get lost in the system, I suppose. Yeah, I've heard that before. You know, they they get really looked after by their families and mm-hmm. and the families don't ask for help during that time. And so they're not on the radar. Mm-hmm. It's a shame because he seems really nice. He, yeah. I mean, and, and he's vulnerable. So thankfully, the MP stepped up and she's sorted sorted out a referral to a food she bank. She's been good. Yeah, and she's also sorted out a local charity who are going to um, advocate for him when it comes to his financial affairs. Oh, and hopefully, good. they can sort that's that out because that's a worry. That. Yeah, yeah. Ian's been really good though with that stuff. What he's done with him. Yeah. Well, you can't. He didn't even think twice. He just did it while he was talking the second time, which was amazing. Well. You would, though, wouldn't you? Yeah, I suppose. You can't... I think you can't have a conversation with someone. And we, we talk to Nigel a lot, and we've been speaking... We've got a relationship that's built up over years, and although we don't really know each other, when someone is in that amount of trouble, yeah. you can't just go, well, thanks very much for the fun times, bye-bye. Uh-huh. Oh, just to let you know, that relationship that I got into... Oh, yeah. ...ended. <laughs> oh, no, Mark. What happened, if you don't mind me asking? Um, basically, the, the lad had autism. Right, and people with now that's not why I still really struggle to show them. Right. Relationship with emotions mm. is a very hard relationship. Oh, you're breaking up. Go back to where you were. I'm on tenterhooks. Flipping it. 
they've broken up, he's broken up, we're, we're all breaking up. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. if you want to give me a ring tonight. We can talk about all sorts, as you heard. I mean, Mark started us off there. Just just give me a call, you can do that. Thanks very much um, to the person whose phone number ends 4975. Glad you're enjoying the show too. They're not, they're being horrible. Um, we've got loads to talk about. Um, I'm about to... Hang on, here's Mark back. Hey, Mark. Yeah, I know you just you, you broke up, then you went beep beep beep. Oh, I do apologise. No, it's all right. I can hear you now. So go on. What happened? He's this lad had autism. Yeah, and it, it just got a bit difficult because people with autism don't tend to show emotion mm. or don't kind of tend to show how they're feeling. So I kind of got it into my head that he just wasn't interested, and then it all just kind of went downhill. Oh, blimey. Oh, well, never mind. Are you all right, though? Yeah, I'm really good. I'm concentrating on the work. There's a promotion coming up, so I'm concentrating on trying to get that. All right, good. Well... So that's really good. But, yeah, all I called up to say is you've done amazing this week and Ian seems to be having a really good time off. He is having a really good time off. He's absolutely shattered, though, so I know for a fact he went to bed early today. <laughs> yeah, I know. Been having, I follow you both on Twitter. That thing that you posted earlier about... Um, that bear, I don't know if it's bear walking. Which one? A sassy walk. Oh, right, yeah. Cartoon. And I did tweet back to you, I said, is that the way you walk into the studio? Natch. <laughs> Every single time. And then I crawl out by the end. <laughs> anyway, right, Mark. Thank you, Catherine. I wish you better luck with your love life. Thanks. But, you know, boys, who needs them? I know. Maybe <laughs> I should just try and turn straight, as people think. <laughs> 03444991000. Take care, Mark. If you want to give me a ring, like I say, you can do that. It's absolutely no problem. Tomorrow, I've got to be up early because I'm taking my eldest daughter to school with a suitcase and packing her off for 10 days. And uh, I'm fine about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. She's going abroad. It's fine. Um, I'll just have one child in the house. And it will be fine. And she's well, she's ten, and uh, that's a perfect age to not be going to bed in a little top bunk and cuddling up to her toy and being abroad and being on her own. It's fine. But just in case, I have written her a letter, which is normal, isn't it? I've written her a letter to put in her um, suitcase when I get in tonight. And I've been really cool. I've played it so cool. She will never know that I'm gutted. She will never know. My darling, sweet angel, baby girl. By the time you read this, you'll be far away having had a little cry on the coach because you're going to miss your darling mum so very much. But then you'll find your DS and your sweets and it will be all mum who. Good. I want you to have a wonderful time, experience new things, try food that looks horrible and feel the wind in your hair as you whoosh down snowy mountains. Assuming, of course, that the wind can find its way through all the knots because I know very well you won't brush that barnet the whole time you're away. It doesn't really matter. The point is... The world is at your feet, and your feet are going to be going very fast in those skis. She's going skiing, which sounds like she's a posh kid. She's not a posh kid. We just saved up. <clears throat> yeah, so your feet are going to be going very fast in those skis once you learn to stay upright, and it's going to be brilliant. There are, however, some rules I wish you to obey while you're away, so please take a look at them now and make me a solemn promise. One, I have sent you away with a full set of working limbs. Please return them to me in the same state. Two, you have enough clean pants and socks to wear a fresh pair every day. Please do so. Your roommates can thank me later. Three. The mountains are the white pointy things. The ends of the mountains are see-through. Stay on the white pointy things. 
Four, take lots of pictures, but don't worry if you don't capture everything, just bring me back some stories. Five, no tattoos. Oh, and have fun, be kind and don't get arrested. Seriously, Dad and I will miss you terribly and we'll do our best to stop your sister turning your room into a nightclub, but no promises. We love you very much, Mum. That's going in her suitcase. That's fine, isn't it? I sounded cool. I sounded like I wasn't bothered. Be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. Hi, Amy. Hi, yeah, you right? Yeah, I'm fine. Not weepy at all. Oh, bless you. <laughs> it will be fine. I say that to myself an awful lot, especially when it comes to children. Anyway, Amy, I hear you've got um, you've got w- work thoughts. Yeah, just after a bit of advice, really. Go on. Just obviously, you saw my tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I went for a role and I've applied for it five times and still haven't got it. And is it the same place you you work at, I take it? Mm-hmm, uh-huh. yeah. And there's always been like a mixture of feedback and a mixture of reasons and I've worked on them and then new ones pop up. Yeah. Um, so I think it's probably time to to give up on that role um but i just wanted you know some advice on you know you know when you kicked back like that you know yeah and it's been so 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 long and so often do you, you think know. that they're giving you a fair shout or do you think that they're finding excuses they're finding excuses right and and what kind of people are being sort of promoted above you um it's been a mixture. Um, I don't really know how to explain. Are they people who um, you think do something different from you? Are they older than you? Uh, no, well, it's, they've all we've all been around the same age. Right. Um, they're not people that I would aspire to be, which which is what I think. You know, as you progress within a business, you should be someone that people aspire to yeah um and i've never sort of ever had that all right is it more of a managementy type thing then yeah okay right well i think um you go in um and here here's the deal i i, I feel like you're you've already, already got one foot out the door if they mess you around again is that is that where you are in your head yeah absolutely okay so go in and see what they're going to do for you Mm, okay. And say, you know, I've been working here for a long time. Give them reasons why you would be brilliant for it. Of course, I mean, standard, you've done this, what, how many times? Five times you've gone for this. Yeah. And say, really, it's a matter of this is the sixth time I've offered myself for this role. I feel like I'd be brilliant for it, blah, because of this. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I think I'm a credit to whatever organisation it is. And uh-huh. go in with that. Here's what... Ian and I have learned to do and how we got this job here we came in and we kind of pretended to be people who were great at interviews <laughs> so rather than being kind of modest and stuff lay it out there you know talk talk about yourself the way your friend would talk about you okay because my certainly my um tendency would be to not want to come across as big-headed but you've got yeah. you know Two minutes to make a good impression, they say. Probably less than that, I would imagine. Go in there like, finally, I'm here, guys. You know, without being too like an apprentice candidate. You know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a, a show pony in a field of um, um, tiny ones. Well, that kind of thing. You don't don't come up with any of that crap. Don't be someone that you're completely not. But just go in knowing that you're good enough. 
Okay. And having the back of your mind, do you know what? This if this doesn't work this time, I've got plan B. And yeah. and that self assurance should should um should make you feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. But know that those people that got it before you were no better than you, so Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, 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 what's the deal there? Yeah, true. That's right. And you know, if you don't get it, do you really want to work for people who would mess you about to that extent? There's that thing as well. Yeah, that's true. So, when when is your interview? Well, it's it's been and happened. All right. So it was the fifth time, and and then it was a no. Right. And it was it's already been no already. Yeah. Oh, so so that's it. You haven't got another one. No. Oh, I completely misunderstood. Oh. All right. So, so ask them exactly what happened, um, because you you deserve to know where you've gone wrong. Mm. And I think, yeah, maybe maybe t- it's time for Plan B now. Okay. Because what yeah, more right. can you do if if they're determined not to let you move up? Then what's the point? Yeah, you're right. Screw those guys. <laughs> Thank you, lovely. Well, I'm sorry I didn't get to you before the interview. Oh no! Although it sounds like they don't know what they've got, so. Oh, bless your heart. Never mind. Well, listen, um, Amy. Let me know how you get on, won't you? Yeah, no, I will. Thanks, Kath. Take care. Oh three. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Give me a shout if you want to talk about anything as you've heard there. We'll cover whatever. And uh, and I'm fine about tomorrow morning. I'm absolutely fine. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. That story at the end of the news bulletin, though, is still, um, is it not echoing around your mind, especially if you've ever used Airbnb? Because I kind of swear by them. When we go away to do rabbit holes and it's too far to come back, you know, rather than, you can spend the same money that you would on a hotel and you get a, a house, right? And why wouldn't you want that? Well, apparently because they might rig up a camera and live stream you. This story, a family, this is from The Independent, and it gives a little bit more uh, detail to what was in the excellent news bulletin at the top of the hour. A family staying in an Airbnb in Ireland discovered they were being live streamed by a hidden camera. The Barkers found the camera concealed in the living room after a father of five, Andrew, tried to connect his phone to the Wi-Fi and saw a device labelled IP camera. He scanned the device's ports. I mean, who would think to do that? And found the live feed. His wife nearly told stuff. We were watching ourselves on his mobile phone. The camera was in the lounge position, so it had a a view of the dining and kitchen area as well. We've encountered lots of weird and wonderful things and like to think we take most in our stride, added Neely. However, this was shocking. The Barkers had checked in with their children on the 3rd of March, having paid in full for three nights' accommodation. It was late at night, but we decided fairly quickly we didn't feel comfortable about staying in the house, said Neely. They immediately left and checked into a nearby hotel. When the Barkers subsequently asked the Airbnb host about the camera, he refused to answer their questions first and denied the device's existence. However, when Andrew said they could see themselves on the camera, the host became flustered and hung up. He rang back later and said he'd only installed the camera to protect his asset. Neely said Airbnb's response was initially hopeless. It took weeks to hear back about the outcome of the investigation. An Airbnb spokesperson said, We've permanently removed this bag- bad actor from our platform. Our original handling of this incident didn't meet the high standards we set for ourselves. And we've apologised to the family and fully refunded their stay. There have been over half a billion guest arrivals in Airbnb listings to date and negative incidents are incredibly rare. True, although I've had one. 
Airbnb has strict policies governing the use of cameras in listings. They're never allowed in bathrooms or bedrooms or to be hidden. And it has a zero-tolerance stance when it comes to violations. There have been several high-profile cases of holidaymakers finding hidden cameras in Airbnb properties in recent years. Dougie Hamilton was on holiday with his girlfriend in Toronto, Canada in 2018 and found one hidden in a digital clock. Flipping it. And one Scottish holidaymaker told the Daily Record, we were only in place for 20 minutes when I noticed the clock. There was something in my head that made me feel uneasy. I took the charger out of it and saw there was a lithium battery in the back. At this, Because I would never... Who would think to do this? I slid the front facing off the clock and you could see there actually was a camera. The hidden camera was facing into the living and open plan bedroom so it could see everything. We don't know if the owner had been watching. It just felt really creepy and we didn't want to stay. Now, I get it, right? If you hire your house out, you don't know who's going to be staying there. There is an element of trust involved and there are horror stories of people going and like hiring Air- Airbnbs and having uh, brothels there that move around towns or having um, parties and destroying the place and then moving on. So I get why you would feel insecure about it, but you can't be filming people. You know, if they're, if they're supposed to feel at home, they should be able to walk around Starkers without thinking that you're going to be getting an eyeful, frankly. Not that that's what I do in Airbnbs, but I should be allowed to. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Hey, Paul. Hello. Hello. Catherine, young Catherine, from what I can tell. Catherine, <laughs> Kate, Kate, Kate Hall, how have you been, darling? I'm fine, thank you. Which Paul is this? This is Paul Innocent. Oh. <laughs> of course it is. How are you doing, Paul Innocent? I'm not bad, darling. How are you? Not, how have you been? not bad at all. Long time no speak. How's the acting going? Well, still, I know that virtue to be a new group. Shakespeare's still at the top of the agenda. Excellent. Uh, apart, apart from that, still having to do the nine to five client. Ah! Oh, <laughs> as they say. But the part, you know, I'm, I'm creeping along, slowly but surely getting there. Um, still working on an American screenplay to our feature film. Hoping oh. to get that released sometime in the next two years. But um, anyway, how, how's Ian? I think he's not there. He's not oh. here. He's gone away with his boys for a week. Um, and okay. I think he's probably listening. So, Ian, how are you? Oh, he says it's none of your business. Um, but he's having. I know for Arthur a fact he's having. A, I know for a fact he's having a good time, and obviously good. missing good. you like crazy, Paul Innocent. Oh, I've missed him. My, my friend Sleep John B said to me, "Get back on the radio. They're missing you, Paul." <laughs> so I thought to myself, "Do tonight's the night." Uh, and that was it, really. So I, I've, you know, I've made them wait long enough. Well, you thank know. you for checking in. Thank you for checking. I will say, before we leave, um, I, I was quite intrigued by the previous interview about uh, her. It's, it's very sad that she had the job, the, the interview, before you, you managed to speak to her. Yeah, because it. It, it does feel crappy, having gone for it four times before, right? So she's mm. been the fifth time and been turned down again. I think that's awful. I mean, you know how, how I see it when it comes to audition? It's their loss. Yeah. It's not her loss, it's their loss. All right? So if she's listening, darling, it's their loss. You go for another job and say, screw you. Well, exactly. I think five times is more than enough, don't you? I think it's well over. I think after the second option, they say three times lucky. But the other two are just, no, no, no. You know, it's ridiculous. Move along. They don't know what they've got. No matter what they've got, no matter what they're offering. It's not worth her losing that amount of dignity. She's a lovely girl by the sounds of it, you know, and... uh, I'm sorry to hear it went south, but, you know, it's one out of the billion opportunities. This, and it doesn't matter. It's infinitesimal. This is oh. right. And I think your advice is, is uh, advice that's been well earned over the years. Because, obviously, as an actor, you've had your fair share of rejections. 
Oh, you get it all the time, and you just have to say, well, it's your loss, mate. You know, you're looking for somebody with a difference. Chisel the picture, basically. Well, I forgot. I understand that, but uh, there's a bigger job down the corner that's going to be a hell of a lot better for me, a hell of a lot better in quality, financially, and all sorts of other things which are going to be great for me. So it's all, it's all the path of fate, yeah. you see. Sound so, advice. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. All right, kid. Tell you and I'll send him my love, and I'll check in with you in a couple of weeks' time again. All brilliant. Right? Thanks very much, Paul. Paul Innocent there. He's an actor, can you tell? Amy, I hope you were listening, because that was some brilliant advice there. Hello, Steve McEwen. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, Steve uh, has been tweeting <laughs> me about something really interesting that you're up to. Uh, it's, it's happening tomorrow, is that right? It's, uh, I'm up at probably 5am tomorrow morning after driving two hours back from uh, the clinic to home. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it starts very early. Um, it's, uh, we're starting from uh, Eastbourne Pier. We're making our way all the way to Southampton uh, over four days. And um, this is this um, is a walking aid of young minds, is that right? Young minds, yes. Young people. Um, partly because you, I believe this is this is where the, the most of the problems begin and uh, they develop. And naturally, I'm helping adults through it as well. So it, it, I'm not even sure who I'm going to get. Um, that's going to be a... Now, you're talking uh, about who you're going to get because you're not just walking. Cause people will be listening going, oh, you know, people no. phone up all the time trying to yes. get sponsorship for their walks of and course. stuff. Of no, course, no. you're I'm doing something a bit different. So, yes, I'm actually offering free therapy all the way. Um, and my colleagues that are joining me uh, are going to be offering informal therapy. So in other, in other words, informal therapy, just talking to your friends and, you know, your local barber down, down the road. Um, and obviously it's an aid of getting people to, remove, to reduce the stigma that's associated to mental health and get okay. people talking. Okay. It, it's a long one. So what's the score? They'll be walking with you and you do, what, a therapist hour, which is, I believe, about 50 minutes? <laughs> do you know what? You're absolutely right. It's about 50 minutes, but not my 50 minutes. I'm usually, I could be a lot longer than that. <laughs> usually I'm late. Usually it goes on, like today, I was absolutely late. I, I lucky I had an extra half an hour between to catch up. Uh-huh. Um, but 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 no. It, it, do you know what? It, whoever turns up, they can walk with me for as long as their little legs will take them. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, I've, I've sort of trained. You know, I do lots of uh, deadlifts to try and cope. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried about my hips, but at least I'm not going to turn in any corners just walking in a straight line. So I should be all right. I'm hopefully going to make it at the end. How will they be able to spot you, Steve? Because I'm imagining there'll be some walkers who um, yeah. risk being um, given quite a lot of information they've not asked for if we're not careful. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm hoping for a pilgrimage. So you should see us in a very long line. Um, we'll be wearing yellow T-shirts. There's okay. going to be some four of us starting. There was going to be a few more, but some people have sort of chickened out, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, the thought of walking all that way. Uh, and having people come up that, you know, some of them, it's going to be quite tough because not everybody is equipped to be able to give sort of information and deal with. I mean, we've had conversations about it. Yeah. You know, it's it's quite hard dealing with a lot of that emotional tension that you almost pick up as you, 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 you're speaking to people. Um, and all that transference and dealing with emotion, it, yeah, it's, it's quite tough. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. I mean, this is what I do. Yeah. How long have you been a therapist, Steve? About 16 years. Blimey, um, really? Uh, yeah, a long time, yeah. A lot, too, too long in some respects. But, it, you know, it, it, I've gone from de- doing standardised sort of counselling to sort of training in everything. I get bored quite easily. So <laughs> I've, I've, I've studied NLP, I've done psychoanalysis, that's my, my bag. Right. I do hypnosis. Uh, so it, I think that all needs to be on the NHS. I yeah. think they provide, you know... The, the general problems in society now, I think they're trying to deal with, it's like trying to paint the Golden Boat Bridge with a 
with a toothbrush. Yeah. Then if they're never going to solve the problem with the type of therapy they're offering at the moment because everybody's different. Everybody needs a different approach. Yeah, I was listening to um, Scroobius Pips. One of his latest podcasts is, got, is an interview with yeah. Johan Harry, who yeah. was in the news last year because um, the short the short cut to what he was talking about in his book. It was called yeah. Lost Connections, was, oh, you know, antidepressants don't work. That's not what he's saying at all. He was saying that there's an over-reliance on the um, biological explanation for depression and actually there are so many other factors in it. And, and instead of asking what's wrong with you, really people should be asking what happened to you. Of course, yeah. I mean, you, you've got to look at development and, you know, the things that we experienced in our cognition early on are the things that we create a filter for which we look at the rest of our life. And all we ever do is try and you know, validate those experiences by anticipating in, in line with that. And, and that's what people are doing nowadays. And, and I think, you know, it will, it will get worse. So it's partly to do with the internet, it's partly to do with social media. Yeah. It, kids aren't being able to experience in the way that possibly you and I would have, you know, it's only, we're not talking a huge, you know, many, many decades. Mm -hmm. You're talking like 20 years. You know, kids can't climb trees anymore. You know, kids don't go up on the, you know, to the to local town centre or buy a bus. You know, I did that at the age of 10. Yeah. Nowadays, that would be seen as child neglect. <laughs> uh, or at least my mum would report it to the DSS, you know. Yeah. Sort of. this, yeah, but the, nowadays, it's so much fear, and fear stops kids uh, sort of developing cognition. Right. The, the stat um, that they gave was, if you were a prisoner in a, in a, um, a high-security prison, you're entitled yeah. to 70 minutes fresh air every day, and kids aren't getting that. Of course they're not. Um, they're spending more time either on their phones or literally in their bedrooms playing yeah. the games. Yeah. I remember when I was younger, I used to get bored. I'd look out the window and wondering, you know, if oh, I God. could go out. The worst thing in the summer is if you got sent to bed early <laughs> and you can hear all the other kids <laughs> out on their yeah. bikes. But, yeah, I, you know, like 8 o'clock it is light. <laughs> but, but we're sounding like old farts now because things have moved on. But this, at the same time, you know, playing a computer game where you're having adventures isn't the same as actually having an adventure, is it? No, no, of course not. You know, uh, 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 cognition is something that is so important because it requires knowledge, uh, knowledge through through thinking. Um, you know, and that, and that essentially, if that's being underdeveloped, you're, you're getting someone that will have a cognitive disorder. Right. It's all about anticipation. You know, you, you anticipate certain, certain circumstances and that up our cognition so therefore you know it becomes almost like a, a wiring system you know we know that certain scenarios will produce certain feelings but a lot of kids nowadays i mean i'm talking 20 year olds that are just leaving university and thrown out in the big bad world mm -hmm. and some grumpy old boss is shouting at them and they're feeling upset right because they've never been spoken to like that before yeah it, it, you know it, it, nowadays it will. I mean, it will change eventually, but I think there's a lot of investment that's needed, and there's a lot, a lot more to be done within society for that to change. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just really unfortunate right right now in the system. Are people seeking out therapy more? Because um, it used to be a very American idea. Yeah, I think people are. I, I think you know. The, the more we, you know, put it out there, the more people are going to want therapy. And unfortunately, there will be people jumping on board that will not necessarily be as bad as, you know, as someone else. Um, so, you know, th there are people that don't need it, and there's some people that really do need it. And because the people that really do need it are the ones that then, you know, are being left aside. And I think the problem is with the system is they only offer successions, and it's CBT. Mm. You know, once you've done your successions, that's it, you know. You've got to find another another route, and the problem is, is that the success rate is only forty five percent of what they're seeing. Of the fifteen percent 
of the population that they don't, they, so they, their on, target you, was. You get six sessions and 45, sessions. and it's helping 45%, which is amazing. 45%. But, but, but 45 or 15% of their target, 15% right. target. Right. So there's another 85% of people that have got problems that are not being seen. Yeah. And over half of those people, uh, under half of those 15%, are actually getting success. Right. That to me, if I was running at a forty-five percent success rate, I wouldn't be in business. No. And the other thing is that it means that people who can't afford to go private and to sort sort yeah, their own care out are just being left to flounder. They are. You know, another six sessions. You have you have six sessions, and if you're bad enough, you might get to see a psychiatrist. But we'll just stick you on drugs. God. I mean, you know, that's the state we're in. And it, it just, do you know what? It, I see people that can afford to see me. I work in quite an affluent area, but, you know, there's some people that can barely afford it. And do you know what? You know, I, I see some people for free. I don't want to advertise that, but yeah. occasionally I do, yeah. you know, because it is a very serious case. And some, sometimes it, it takes that, that little bit of effort. And this is why I'm doing this walk, yeah. because I want to, I want to, I want to be, get out there and, and show that, you know, things can be done, you know, all right, I'm walking. There's only so much I can do. There's the skills that I can't, you know, get people in a, a certain uh, uh, perspective to be able to help them. But do you know what? I'm lending an ear, and I'm, you know, it, it's it's about getting people to understand that, you know, you can talk. You need to talk yeah. because otherwise, too much exposure to those feelings will will do you not not just mental damage but physical damage. Yeah, it's fascinating um, stuff. So remind us exactly where you'll be, and um, and, right. and you can and I'll let you plug your GoFundMe as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, at nine o'clock, I'll be at Eastbourne tomorrow. Um, we will probably arrive at um, Brighton um, following day. So we'll sleep over. We get up at nine o'clock, walk from Brighton Pier all the way to Littlehampton, sleep over the night, get up in the morning at nine o'clock again from Littlehampton Pier all the way to Haven, sleep the night, get up, and we'll be walking from Haven uh, Town Centre all the way to um, uh, Southampton. So it's going to be a right old trek. <laughs> Uh, it really is, and to, to be like I said, I don't know what I'm going to get. We're, we're walking through some real horrible hot spots. Yeah, I know that uh, Ian Lee's in Southampton somewhere. Uh, uh, Peppa Pig World. I saw a video <laughs> he was, of him he was in Peppa Pig World. He might need some therapy after that, to be honest. Tell, tell him to pop along. I'll I'll I'll, I'll call him out. Well, actually, we're going to be in Brighton on Saturday, but I don't know whether our uh, our oh, hours will coincide. We'll see. Where, whereabouts are you Saturday night? Because I've got um, Don Gooden coming coming along with me and Phil Berman. UFC like, uh, MMA commentator presenter. Oh wow! Uh, so we could probably meet you. Up. My mum and dad are coming as well. They're, are they? they're, they're our um, they're, they're our support vehicle. Saturday night we're <laughs> going to be um, doing a, a podcast at the Carolina Brunswick pub in Brighton. Carolina Brunswick. Will you put that on your tweet. Yeah. And then I'll, 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 maybe we'll head along. We'll, right. uh, we'll be able to get in. Or you can give us name on the door. You can give us a ring and tell us where you, what you've been up to if you want as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll give you a ring. Maybe I'll do that, that that tomorrow night if you're about. Yeah, so you're on. actually doing that tomorrow night. Sorry. No, we're doing Saturday night. night. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I might ring in tomorrow night as well. All right. And say hi. I cool. might get John to maybe call in as well, so yeah. we can all have a chat and let us know how you get on. All right, that'd be yeah, groovy. So, so you still alive? What's your GoFundMe? It's GoFundMe.com. It is. It is GoFundMe.com. Um, forward slash, uh, actually, I've even forgot it, you know, um, the walk, the, the hyphen walking hyphen uh, therapist. Beautiful. So that's, it's a long one, but you can find it. If you type in Steve McEwen walk, you'll probably find that a lot easier. All right, brilliant. Well, good stuff, Steve, and I wish you all the uh, luck in the world uh, with uh, it. Thank you very much, and all the best for the show tonight. Yeah, I'll speak to you later. Thanks very much, Steve. No problems. Thanks Steve, very much. Cheers. Steve McEwen bit of free therapy. You'll have to walk for it, but you won't be paying for it. 0344 499 1000 if you want to give me a ring. I'm going to speak to Paul after the break, and then it could be you. 
The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. You know when someone writes something nice about you on Twitter and then, and everyone is generally cool about it, but one person feels like they've got to be, quote unquote, honest and um, at you in it as well. That, that, nice. Um, Using the words um, sidekick. Beautiful. Thanks very much, guys. Hello, Paul. Hello. Are you all right? Not too bad. I'm the chap um, whose tapes it was that was being put on television on the phone. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure I follow you, Paul. Um, uh, you know, you had all those tapes on about me, uh, that, that I was looking on the computer. No. That I was playing on the computer. Yeah. I'm that chap. I'm not sure what you mean, but tell me, tell me a little bit more. Tell you a little bit more. Yeah. What what tapes were you playing on the computer? No, you that, that, that was on the on your um, uh, devices. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might be mixing me up with someone else. No, 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 no. What was on the tapes? Uh, Tell me. I mean, for example, you you said your eyes were burning when you were looking at that tape. What? Yeah. What tape? Uh, On on your computer, the screen you must have been watching to to see the the tapes. Yeah. Mm. You you commented um, that when you looked at at the screen that that your eyes were burning. What was on the tape, Paul? Uh, I think it was a chat talking. I can't remember. And and I'm I'm watching it? Yeah. I'm watching a a person talking? Yeah, about something. I don't know why he was talking. I can't remember. It's years ago, that is. (laughs) Right. Hmm. You, you 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 commented um, that he was uh, he was the other. Yeah, I'm getting mixed up now with names. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what did you want to say tonight, Paul? Um. You know. You know. The book. There's, there's a book. It, it also run. It, it also was on the first program as well. Um, uh, that was on the, the earlier program before this came on. Um, and uh, <clears throat> what is it? I'm a patient. I'm a resident uh, here. Okay. Where I am, where I live now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you ran me up what to say what, Paul? To say what? Um, well, sorry. Sorry that you had to go through all that, listening to me, this, all those tapes. I don't... Um, yeah. Paul, you've got nothing to apologise for, because I, really, I don't really remember it. Ah. But I, okay. I appreciate you calling. No. And honestly, don't worry about it. Yeah, I did. I did appear. I did appear once and attempt to command commanded the program with the other chap on. Uh, what's the other chap's name? And that usually works on this program. Who's normally on with you? Yeah, Ian. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. It, I, in the past, I, when it happened, I was, I rang up Ian and uh, he, during the election, well, not election, what was going on, um, and he moved me. This was when I first moved into this this place where I live now. He he uh, he um, sent me off. Um, he, he he cut me off. <laughs> well, everyone gets yeah. cut off in the end because we haven't got a fader, I'm afraid. Well, no, no, I didn't mean that. I, what I, what I what I meant is it was just talking about. Uh, Everything was all right with the shopping, and everything was going well with that. Um, but he said, when he said, I bet you wish it was more, I said, no, you see. And I, I don't think I should have. I think now that perhaps I should have said, yeah, yeah you won't get in. Um, but I was telling him the events of my days. Okay. Yeah, okay. This is it. <laughs> well, listen, you've got nothing to worry about, everything is good. And yeah. um yeah, and so thanks for ringing, but don't honestly don't worry about it. Okay. All right. Oh yeah, they're, they're, all that stuff. It, it, all do they get forwarded back on to me to my, to, to to where I live? What's that? Pardon? What do what? All get... the all the tapes and everything. There, there aren't any tapes, yeah, Paul. When I moved here, a lot of suit a lot of. Tape, tape, um, computers mm. got taken from there, from from where I lived. Oh right. By people who were there and stolen off me. Oh dear, I'm sorry to hear that. That's, that's very bad, isn't it? It is. Mm. It is. But you're all right now, right, Paul? Well, yeah, but like them back. <laughs> yeah, of course you would. All right. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. Thank you, Paul. Okay. Bye. Bye. Good night. I really don't. I really don't know. Bless Paul. If you want to give me a ring, oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We really can talk about anything. Hmm. Okay. Joe Biden, right? Someone I always kind of uh, quite admired. He seemed like a nice fella. It's been a really weird story going on. Uh, in uh, if you look on Twitter, it's been raging on there that apparently Joe Biden. Um. In kind of inappropriate space invasions, inappropriate touching by Joe Biden. Uh, one woman saying that um, she was in the course of working alongside him, he'd um, smelt her hair and kissed her neck, which I think is a little bit more than just <laughs> space invasion. But anyway, Joe Biden has come back with, well, I think what's supposed to be an apology, but I just want to play it to you now and, and, and get your impression of it because it, it's supposed to be an apology, but it's one of those, um, well, it's a non-apology. Folks, in the coming month, I expect to be talking to you about a whole lot of issues, and I'll always be direct with you. But today, I want to talk about gestures of support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men that have made them uncomfortable. And I always try to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And, and uh, whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. And over the years, knowing what I've been through, the things that I've faced, I've found that 
scores, if not hundreds of people have come up to me and reached out for solace and comfort, something, something, anything that may help them get through the tragedy they're going through. And, and, uh, and, and so I, it's just, just who, who I am. And I've never thought of politics as cold and antiseptic. I, I've always thought it about connecting with people. As like I said, shaking hands, uh, hands on the shoulder, a hug, uh, encouragement. And now, and now it, it's all about taking selfies together. Uh, you know, social norms have begun to change. They've shifted. And the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset. And I get it. I get it. I hear what they're saying. I understand it. And I'll be much more mindful. That's my responsibility. My responsibility, and I'll meet it. But I'll always believe governing, quite frankly, life for that matter, is about connecting, about connecting with people. That won't change. But I will be more mindful and respectful of people's personal space. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. I've worked my whole life to empower women. I've worked my whole life to prevent abuse. I've written... A, and, and so the idea that I can't adjust to the fact that personal space is important, more important than it's ever been, is, is, is just not thinkable. I will. I will. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for working to empower us. And, 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 and sorry that your encouragement w- w- was not something we felt comfortable with. Oh, hang on a minute. Why are we apologising? Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
know, I'm not usually bothered about the Rolling Stones, but I think that's a belter, don't you? All right, you can pack that in. 0344-499-1000. I'm Catherine Boyle. I'm standing in for Ian Lee. He'll be back as usual on Monday. And uh, in the meantime, we can talk about whatever you want. As usual, don't worry about that. 0344-499-1000 is the number. Now, before the news, we started talking about this Joe Biden story. And I find it really fascinating that someone can get to the age of 76 and then um, give an apology like that, all kind of woke, and I've realised that things have changed. Um without really realising that things have changed until you're 76. Have you ever hugged someone that doesn't want to be hugged? You can tell, right? If you're kissing someone that works for you in a junior capacity and they're not kissing you back, you know that they don't want it, right? So how can you get to that point in your life where you have to make a public statement like that? Which, by the way, I don't think was an apology. It was kind of, oh, I see things have changed, but I'm someone who does this. And almost like um, his positive actions have been misunderstood and actually people should be grateful for them. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm over-egging this. Maybe I am. Let's have another listen to it. Um, because it seems like his tone and everything seem kind of concili- conciliatory. But it's not, is it? Here you go. Oh, hang on, hang on. Aretha's getting involved now. Shush. Shush. Aretha, this is not the time or place, although I hate to say shush to Aretha. Right, here we go. For the coming month, I expect to be talking to you about a whole lot of issues, and I'll always be direct with you. But today I want to talk about gestures of support and encouragement that I've made to women and some men that have made them uncomfortable. Gestures of support and encouragement, which, according to the allegations, include kissing you on the neck... And I always tried to be, uh, in my career, I've always tried to make a human connection. That's my responsibility, I think. I shake hands, I hug people, I, I grab men and women by the shoulders and say, you can do this. And, Isn't that nice of him? And, uh, and whether they're women, men, young, old, it's, it's the way I've always been. It's the way I've tried to show I care about them and I'm listening. And over the years, knowing what I've been through, the things that I've faced, I've found that Scores, if not hundreds of people have come up to me and reached out for solace and comfort, something, something, anything that may help them get through the tragedy they're going through. And, and, uh, and, and so I, it's just, just who, who I am. And I've never thought of politics as cold and antiseptic. I, I've always thought it about connecting with people. As I said, shaking hands, uh, hands on the shoulder, a hug, uh, encouragement. And, now and now it's all about taking selfies together uh, you know social norms have begun to change they've shifted and the boundaries of protecting personal space have been reset and I have they or have women just started saying Do you know what I don't like that I get it I get it do you I hear what they're saying I understand it and I'll be much more mindful that's my responsibility my responsibility and I'll meet it but I'll always believe Governing, quite frankly, life for that matter, is about connecting, about connecting with people. That won't change, but I will be more mindful and respectful of people's personal space. Okay. And that's a good thing. Yep. That's a good thing. I've worked my whole life to empower women. I've worked my whole life to prevent abuse. I've written, and, and so the idea that I can adjust to the fact that personal space is important, more important than it's ever been, 
is 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 just not thinkable. I will, I will. Here's what I think. Right, he's 76, and he, by his own admission, has been a touchy, tactile sort of person for his whole political career. People haven't people haven't felt able to say anything to him. Although there's this three, this is three women apparently who've spoken to the Washington Post on Wednesday, bringing to seven the number of women who've publicly voiced their objections to physical behaviour by Biden as he weighs a presidential bid. Uh, Vial Connett Yunt says that she was a White House intern in 2013 when Biden was vice president uh, under the then President Barack Obama. She was exiting the basement of the West Wing when she was asked to step aside to make way for Biden, who came over to greet her, shook her hand. He then put his hand on the back of my head and pressed his forehead to my forehead while talking to me. I was so shocked that it was hard to focus on what he was saying. I remember he told me I was a pretty girl. The former intern said she was uncomfortable and embarrassed by Biden's comments about her appearance, even though it was intended as a compliment, and she believed his intentions are good, right? I do not consider my experience to have been sexual assault or harassment, she said, but it was the kind of inappropriate behaviour that makes many women feel uncomfortable and unequal in the workplace. And then they talk about the video. Sophie Karasek said she met, uh, met Biden after the Oscars in 2016, where she'd been part of a group of sexual assault survivors who appeared on stage. Biden clasped her hands and placed his forehead against hers, a scene that was photographed at the time. Karasek told the Post she felt awkward and uncomfortable. Although she appreciated Biden's support, she said in his latest video, he still didn't take ownership in the way that he needs to. The third woman... Ali Cole said she met Biden when she was a Democratic staffer during the 2008 presidential campaign. He squeezed her shoulders and complimented her smile, and Cole said he held her for a beat too long. There's been a lack of understanding about the way that power can turn something that might seem innocuous into something that can make somebody feel uncomfortable, she said. Biden also has prominent defenders, including female political leaders who've said his physical greetings and gestures of support were well-intentioned and employed with both men and women and touted his strong record on women's rights. Your thoughts on that? Because I'm going to lay my cards on the table. I've worked in an environment where someone was overly tactile and a space invader, did nothing I could report or would have reported. I shrugged it off. People laughed about it because he would kind of come in and um, isolate me in a way by sort of putting his chair too close to mine. He'd put his back to everyone else. It would be something that it was obvious to everyone else and they thought it was funny because he was a much older person and I was clearly squirming. Why didn't I say anything? Same reason a lot of these women didn't raise it before, probably, because you're hoping the moment will pass and you kind of do this mental maths. Is it worth causing a fuss? Does he mean it? Probably not. But then they get to the age of 76 and they've been doing this the whole time and someone pulls the plug on it and they say that they never realised what they were doing was out of order. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You kind of know though when you're hugging someone that they don't like it. I mean, Matt, what do you think about this one? Yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Um, I mean, obviously as a bloke, I, I've got no deep insight into how it feels to be on the receiving end of this kind of thing. Uh -huh. um, I know that um, following the, the whole Brett Kavanaugh thing, um, I'm really sorry, I can't remember the name of the woman that um, was accusing him of yeah. what seemed to be very credible uh, allegations that he and his friends had uh, assaulted her. Yeah. 
um, and yet she was just completely dismissed and he was appointed to the Supreme Court anyway. And also, don't you think it's interesting, Dr Christine Blasey Ford being accused of looking for publicity and no-one can remember her name now it's over? I know, it's crazy, isn't it? And and I, I hope that's not just... I, I hope that is just my mm-hmm. ageing brain and not the fact that she's already been cast aside. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with Biden is, and it's slightly devil's advocate here, is that all, all these... The, um, initial allegations of him being too touchy-feely kind of started surfacing around the time that all the allegations coming out against Trump when he was still a candidate. Right. Um, and they started, uh, the Republican, you know, supporters started posting still photos taken from videos of him in various situations in the White House, greeting people and, and apparently, you know, holding them up close to him and sniffing their hair. And, <laughs> This big allegation that he was a hair sniffer. Yeah, one woman saying she sni- he sniffed her hair and kissed her neck. Now, kissing someone's neck is very intimate, isn't it? Yeah, it's wrong. It's wrong. And if he did do that, and there's no reason to doubt he did, then, yeah, he's absolutely wrong to have done that. And I think you're right. I think that there is a sense that he's an old bloke who's gone through his life without ever being pulled up on this mm-hmm. stuff, and he's suddenly realised, hang on, you know, I can't get away with it anymore. And, it, and he didn't, he wasn't, um, I mean, it's horrible to say, sufficiently contrite, Right. Given you know this kind of this sense that everyone's got to be sorry for everything these days, but yeah, I think he did. It, try it was to, the idea that that things have changed. I don't think things have changed. I think he's just been made aware of his behaviour. No, I think that there's a there's a much greater awareness amongst the public as a whole that this stuff is real. Mm-hmm. I think until fairly recently, until the last few years, there's always been a an underlying sense. And I think most people have kind of said that, you know, have, have, have believed it, but there's been this underlying kind of, I don't know how to put it, this, this current of steering people away from believing these allegations are real and that it's hysterical women and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Here's and the thing. I, I think women have been saying it for a long time, but now there is kind of a movement whereby women are banding yeah. together. Yeah, I think so. And I think, I mean, that's obviously a power for good and, and, and you know, absolutely that should continue. I just worry that, People like Joe Biden, who I personally believe, deep down, putting his behaviour around females aside, if you can, Mm -hmm. is a very decent bloke and is a very um, honest politician. There is an element of me as well, because I I don't like Trump. I I don't believe he is a uh, trustworthy, moral person. And I don't like the idea that he can post the video that he posted today on Twitter basically taking the mickey out of Biden. Oh yeah, I mean he needs to sit down throwing stones. Sexual assault him. <laughs> it, he's also been accused of raping his first wife. Exactly. You know, you kind of think, mm, you know, he muddies the waters. But it's important that we don't dismiss allegations against other people because they're not Trump. Yeah. Because um, so here's, the thing, here's the thing, they could all be true. They could all be true. Yeah, and, it, and it could also be true, like you say, that otherwise he's a stand-up guy and, um, and maybe he's just all the way through his life behaved in a certain way and no-one's pulled him up about it before. The key thing is that I don't think he's a pervert. I don't think he's a pervert. I don't think he's done anything for sexual gratification. I could be wrong about that, but I, my personal belief is that he hasn't. My personal right. belief is that Trump and others, um, including people in the Republican Party, I think... Uh, for some reason, Al Franken springs to mind, although there is something nagging at me telling me that that was set up as well, but it probably wasn't. But people like Trump and, and others like in, of his ilk who who have surrounded themselves with sexual predators and who are, by all accounts, although it has to be stated that it's an allegation and not mm. proven, mm. are sexual predators of the sort that treat women as, as objects yeah. and as 
targets. And if if they can be seen to almost get away with the behaviour that they've committed in the past because this guy now touched a woman's shoulder or, or did something inappropriate, yeah. I, I really worry that it takes the focus off the real danger and the real issue, that there are still people, norm, normally white men, normally uh, sort of in the older generation still, but it was, you know, even in my generation, I'm 45, and there are absolutely men of my age who objectify women and they treat them as, as targets and as, as, as uh, you know, as people to be subjugated and to be to be conquered. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Biden is one of those, and I don't think he ever has been. No, but tell you what else, I, moving away from the men and their behaviour. Yeah. It adds to the kind of slow drip of behaviour that leads to an atmosphere whereby women don't get on the same as men professionally. For example, yeah. for example, yeah. I know that there are congressmen in uh, Washington who will not uh, allow female um, aides to be seen out with them at social occasions and uh, won't ride in cars with them, won't do certain things where they're one-on-one for whatever reason. Yeah. And I can see why, actually, you know, in this sort of environment where they are concerned about people smearing them for political reasons because it's nasty at the moment it is nasty out there but it has to be said nothing like that seems to have happened yet but what it means is the male aides are are johnny on the spot the whole time the women get held back professionally it's not it's not just congress mike Mike pence won't allow himself to be in a room with another woman unless his wife is there yeah and that's a religious thing, and I think a lot of people put, you know, use the, their supposed religious beliefs to kind of excuse this misogynist behaviour. Yeah. But yeah, I absolutely agree. And then you look at the way that people like Alexandra Ocasio Cortez are treated by, you know, by the Republican Party that yeah. she's because she's a woman and she's young, she must therefore be worthless and an idiot. Oh, exactly. Um, she's not entitled to her opinion yet because she's not a mother. She's not old well, enough, you know. And she's, hmm. but she's a, an incredibly impressive person who's. Well, she's coming to amazing. I mean, you know, if, if either of my sons are as eloquent and determined and brave as she is, yeah. when they're her age, I will be, I'll, you know, I'll happily go to my grave knowing I've done everything I possibly could to have, to have raised them as the best people they could possibly be. But the, there are people that don't see that, people that see her because she's female, because yeah. she's young. Yeah. Um, mainly because she's female, I think, because if she was young and male, I don't think she'd get a, an eighth of the stick she gets. Here's the thing we're also missing out. She's very attractive. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's true. But I don't think... I think if, if she wasn't, she'd probably get a, a, an even worse time because then people would be posting memes Possibly. about her looking like a, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah let's look at young Hillary Clinton, <laughs> the way mm. people talked about her until she had a, you know, makeover, blue stocking, serious woman, Obama. she's got no sense of humour, all that sort of stuff. They don't talk the about men talk about like that. Obama, yeah. You know, um, because she's black, you know, yeah. there's a lot of racists who say, well, automatically because she's female and black and therefore must be ugly and then you get all these horrible people posting these memes of her being raised by apes in the jungle or whatever it's just it's, it's vile yeah and 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 it is as you say it is, it is it is a hideous situation at the moment where this sort of stuff and it's always been there to a certain extent there's always been this kind of underlying current of of, of hatefulness but it's really come to the fore recently in the last few years under trump mainly mm-hmm. but you know, people like Farage and Boris Johnson who also say horrible things about people that they consider to be lesser humans. 
Yeah, you know, it's got quite playground. Yeah, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. But coming it's back old. to the, the the issue of you know women and not wanting be, to be invo- implicated in anything and uh, avoiding being in women's company and stuff, it's very mm. strange to me when you look at the number of allegations that are proven to be made maliciously or falsely. They are minuscule yeah. compared to the number of allegations which are found to be true. And yet yeah. you don't find women not giving men the benefit of the doubt when it comes to working because we just you just have to crack on with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a very much a, a weighted situation. There's, there's no um, there's no equality at all, and I don't think there will be for a long time. Unfortunately, I mean, I think it's gradually, very very slowly moving in sort of the right direction, but it's still very much seen that women, in, particularly in politics, but also still in business, you know, that there is this sense that they are somehow less capable, less yeah. worthy of of listening to. Exactly. Is it so difficult to work out that if you wouldn't say it to a bloke, you shouldn't say it to a woman that you work with? Yeah, exactly. I mean, or if you wouldn't say it to somebody to their face, you couldn't say it in an email to somebody about somebody <laughs> else, or in a tweet, or you know, particularly in work situations where you know emails get sent around about the new temp or, or that that girl who works in marketing, or whatever. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't say it to a face. So don't say it behind her back. Yeah. And how would you and feel if like, they said it about your sister or your mum or your daughter? Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I, I've got no idea. I'm, I live a very sheltered existence, but maybe the the you know, same thing happens with, with you know attractive blokes that come to work in companies, and the girls will start emailing around. But I don't know. But even if that was the case, I don't think that there would be it would be seen as such a big deal. Um, actually, that, I'm, I'm contradicting myself there because it also, also yeah, it, it it ought to be everything ought to be treated as the same issue that yeah. you're denigrating somebody on the basis of an attribute that doesn't have any bearing on their ability to do their job. Yeah, you're reducing them to a, a body, basically. Yeah, yeah, which has never happened to me because I'm fat and ugly and, you know, it doesn't bother me. But <laughs> You sound delightful, just, uh, Matt. Would you mind if I put my forehead against yours? <laughs> <laughs> just don't kiss my neck. <laughs> that is a weird one, though. I, I'm sorry. I, I can kind of bear with the rest, maybe touching someone's shoulder when you're talking, being tactile like that, yeah. but... Kissing yeah. someone's neck is, I mean, I mean I've on. been in situations where I've lent in to give someone a kiss on the cheek and I might have kissed them slightly further back, like round the ear, which could be considered to be kissing their neck. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I'm awkward. But, um, yeah, but if he did lean down and sort of nuzzle into the crook of her neck, <laughs> oh, the neck, that is weird. No, 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 no. Anyway, Matt, was that what you rang up for? It wasn't, actually. Go on, um, then. But I, I'm, I'm conscious I'm taking up time that could be better served by other people. Talking. Oh, it's, uh, it's only Darren. He'll, he'll hang on. He won't mind. <laughs> OK, well, I'll keep it quick. Um, it, it's a sort of um, um, a devil's advocate kind of thing. I, I saw something on Twitter just a little while ago about... It's quite a, a soppy story that um, a girl had written a Mother's Day card to her mother who died last year yeah. and posted it. And then a post worker found the letter and replied as if he was her mum um and i my automatic response was why yeah don't do that don't tell kids that the whole thing was i'm looking down on you and watching over you for all your life and i find that really disturbing i find the idea that kids should be told that there's some supernatural presence watching their every single move is really worrying and i just say i I assume that other people will feel completely differently and think i'm some sort of evil monster i I felt a bit uncomfortable about it i I read that and i thought that's taking uh that's taking a little bit of a gamble isn't it on what the situation is at home yeah and it's taking a massive liberty by by pretending to know what that girl's relationship was i mean obviously the girl and her mum had a loving relationship otherwise she wouldn't have written a mother's day card to her dead mum and it seems to have gone down well it has to be said 
It does seem to have gone down very well, which is why I was, you know, wondering whether I should raise it or not. But I thought, well, no, but know. I know what you mean. When I read it, I did think, oh, I don't know, I don't know. It, that yeah. that that does seem to be that, like I say, it's a gamble. It's a real gamble. And uh, I mean, I, I, my kids are nine and twelve, and I, I haven't made a point of kind of going on and on about it, but they are aware that my belief is that when you're dead, you're dead. Mm. And there is no afterlife. There is nothing after this. Just live life for the now and do what you do the right thing because you want to do the right thing, not because you're worried if you don't, you'll go to hell because yeah. there is no hell. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that that flies in the face of, you know, of many people's beliefs. My ex-wife's um, partner is apparently sort of a reasonably not devout, but believes in some of that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we'll be having a different conversation around that. And I do slightly worry about being seen to be deliberately contentious rather than actually telling them what I really believe. But I really do believe that there is nothing after this. And that, and that um, you know, my dad died very young. He died 10 years ago. He was only 60. And if I thought he was looking down on me now, I'd just be like, oh, God, I really hope he's you know, judging me. He's judging me. You know, I haven't done, I don't know, my, my brother is a hugely successful chartered accountant and I'm just this kind of dweeby little photographer in a flat in Manchester and I just think, I don't want, I, don't, I wouldn't want my kids to be thinking after I've gone that I'm looking down and going, don't do that, don't, you know, or, or you know, or don't touch yourself there. Or that sort of thing, you know. It's no, just, I, I, um, it's to me. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And I'm sure your dad wouldn't ever think you were just anything, but I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. The other thing is, right, when... If, they, if that kid is anything like mine, right? My do youngest daughter is seven and she's been writing to the fairies recently. Mm -hmm. um, and the fairies write back because yeah. I have a word with them, if you know what I mean. But yeah. that girl has just got a letter through the post from her dead mother. If she's anything mm -hmm. like my daughter, there'll be another letter. And what if that doesn't get replied to? Well, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that, but that's true. Yeah, that's a horrible thing, isn't it? Because then she's got to hope that she believes it and she's, she's hopeful that she's going to have this correspondence that <laughs> suddenly stops. It's going to be a bit... Yeah, bit it'd a, be heartbreaking. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to raise it as a, as a talking point and I'm going to go away now. But, um, Thanks, yeah, Matt. Thank you, for, thank you for putting up with me. Cheers. Good chats. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Darren, I'm going to come to you in a second. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. I'm going to hold the door open for Darren now and just gently stroke his back as he walks through. Hey, Darren. Hey, how you doing? I'm all right, thank you. It's, Sorry it's, about that. That was very inappropriate. No, it's kind of like, no, it's kind of like, uh, you know, on a game show when they say, have you won the million pounds? We're going to tell you after the break. <laughs> that's how I feel now. Now it's been kind of like building up inside me, so I'm very nervous. Okay, well, so. l let it out, Darren. Let it out. <sighs> Actually, your last caller was absolutely phenomenal. He was, he was good, wasn't he? He came across so many things that, you know, uh, were, were so interesting. And I've never heard of a postal worker who did that. Yeah. And I'd, I'd actually like to, you know, uh, maybe because I've been listening all evening. Did you mention it earlier on? Or no, it was in the news, I think. That... It was in the news a couple of days ago. Are you on um, speaker? I know you seem quite far away. Oh, do Which okay. is cool if you're, uh, yeah, if you're right. observing your personal space, but it just makes it a bit more difficult to hear. Come, come I, will, I will basically take it off my earphones. Beautiful. <laughs> so oh, here he comes. Second. Anyway. Yeah, go, go on. So. No. Hello? Hello, you're still there. Oops. 
No, you're still there. Don't worry. Carry on. Hello. Hello. You still there? Yes. Are you? Ah, good. I didn't swear. <laughs> we're, we're all still I here. I turned my headphones off and thought I, uh, yeah. No, you're all right. So what, what did you want I to say, Darren? I, yeah, it was, um, yeah, the postal worker. Yeah. I, you know, that is, um, yeah, I, that's, that really knocked me for six, actually, because my initial thought is that is such a nice thing to do. Yeah. But my second thought is, what a terrible thing to do because you don't have a clue what their family situation is. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, so I don't really understand the uh, kind of like, you know, all the context of it. No, so, I mean, and obviously it's a heartbreaking situation. And, and, the, and the little yeah. girl is delighted and her, and her dad doesn't mind. So it's win, winners all round. But it might not have been like that. And um, um, Right. That was my thing. Is, is there a dad around? Yeah, you let, know? let me find the story. Let's have a look at it properly and to give it a fair yeah. shot. Okay, so postal worker. Let's... Uh, Mum, heaven. Right. Here we go. Is it this one? Oh, this is really old. Apparently it happens quite a bit. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Because you've got a six-year-old one, sorry. I've got seven. Seven, seven. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. here we go. So here we go. This is from the son. Um, yeah. A dad told his daughter... Um, oh, bless her. Heaven has postman after she sent her dead mum a Mother's Day card and received a surprise reply. Ella Lennon, four, posted a handmade card to mum Jennifer, 28, for Mother's Day just four months ago. Oh, sorry, just four months after losing her to cancer. Poor little girl. Um, In a heartwarming twist, a Royal Mail employee penned a thoughtful reply on behalf of Jennifer, telling the youngster she loves her millions and billions and trillions. Little Ella from Kilmarnock in Scotland was left lit up by the magical response from her mum. Her aunt, Linda Ross, 24, has described the moment the youngster was shown the letter and heard the touching words. Linda said, when she got the reply, Ella was so happy. She said, oh, thank you, mummy, I'm going to keep this forever. Her wee mouth was open the whole time we were reading it. Cancer nurse Linda and Ella's dad, Dean, 30, read the reply away from Ella to make sure it was appropriate before showing it. OK, well, then, then he's a great dad. And, and found the wording suitable to her mum's memory and character. Linda added, for her to get that reply has meant so much to us. She did ask how the letter got here, but seemed happy enough when we explained that there are postmen in heaven and it took a little bit of magic. I think it will help her grieve without even realising. It will help the process, uh, help her process what happened. If my sister was here, she'd be loving this. She would joke she was famous. Um, Jennifer passed away in December the 8th last year after a four-year battle with brain tumours. The mum of one was diagnosed with a killer disease just three months after little Ella was born in 2014 and a year after she wed sweetheart Dean. She credited Ella for saving her life at the time and gave the youngster the nickname of her little light. Oh, bless her. So, you know, it worked out okay, and the dad was on it, which is great. Yeah, Uh yeah, that was my thing. That's why I wanted to get the background to it, whether, you know, the dad was, you know, okay with it. Mm. Because oftentimes, you know, dads are sometimes dismissed. But but that sounds actually fantastic. Yeah. It, it, it really is a proper great story. And um, it's not a story. It's, yeah, it's much more than that. It's about giving a child a belief that 
you know, there might be something else out there. I don't know. Well, I have no idea. I guess but, the idea know. that a kid would think that a card would get to their mum suggests that there's already a belief there. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that's all children need to understand is that, you know, just strange things happen. Yeah. And strange things happen all your life. You know, serendipity. You those kind of things will always happen. Do you believe in it or is it coincidence? Um, well, whether it's coincidence or serendipity, who's to say what it is? I suppose what defines serendipity to you is a coincidence, is maybe you're you, an optimist. No, coincidence is when you basically think, oh, that could never happen to me, but it did. Mm. Serendipity is, I was thinking about that and it actually happened. Oh, George. I thought serendipity yeah, was when the right thing happens at the right time for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it becomes because you've basically been thinking about it. Well, isn't the difference optimism? Mm, that's a Because someone, someone who didn't believe if in that stuff... Yeah, if you're an optimist, you'll go, that was supposed to happen at that time. How brilliant. That's wonderful. Yeah. Um, whereas someone else would go, well, that's a coincidence. So interesting. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I'm an optimist then. I think you are. In my there's, life. And there's nothing wrong Except with that. Except I'm incredibly depressed <laughs> at the moment. So it's, you know, kind of like congruent for, you know, to have that. Yeah, but, but do you know what you just said there? You're depressed at the moment. Exactly. Exactly. So you can see that it's not permanent? No, I can see it's not permanent because I've been through mental health, you know, issues where I've been in therapy and stuff like that. I think there was uh, somebody on earlier, actually. Yeah. It's why I get the radio on, but I, I kind of like turned it off, <laughs> just simply because it was a bit close mm-hmm. to, you know, what I'm going through. But, you know, you know whatever. No, exactly. <laughs> was... You do what you've got to do, Darren. But, you know... Exactly. I, I, think, and... I think the fact that you say you're depressed at the moment speaks volumes. It means that you have got an awareness that it's um, it's temporary. And, and that's really important. Oh, that saves, it always is. That can it save lives, is. you know, that thought, that belief, that it hope. It absolutely always is. I'm, you know, I'm not as low as I have been, but, you know, I'm pretty, pretty darn low. Oh. It's why I don't have any care about talking now. Normally, I'd be absolutely terrified about coming on the radio if I was basically not feeling like it didn't really matter. (laughs) But sometimes having those kind of, you know, those moments in your life can actually reinforce you and just go, well, who, who gives a monkeys? Nobody really, you know, nobody really cares except I know, you know, People do. Mm. And there's always people that do. And there's staff that do. You know, if you don't have anybody at home, I don't have anybody at home. Um, All it takes is basically speaking to somebody. And that's what I did today. I went to a therapist and I feel a thousand times better. Good. I still know that, you know, I'm not great <laughs> but, but it was just that offloading on somebody else yeah you, who was so totally if... not known to me 
who I've never met in my life before and just saying, this is how I feel. Can you take it away from me Mm -hmm. for at least a few hours? And that kind of thing. Yeah, just release the pressure a little bit. Yeah, release the pressure, exactly. So I highly, absolutely highly recommend anybody just going to therapy. And, um, yeah, it's... it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah, you do. It's I've done you some in, good. It's... I've been in therapy, therapy before, and then I kind of blame it up, yeah. and you know, um, just basically got away when it got very difficult. Right. But these moments you have to face up to, and all that happens is you basically decline as soon as you, you know, kind of give up, mm. thinking that you know you, you can't do it. Yeah. I think everybody can. I think everybody can. And, you know, it's... I don't know. It's... It's actually very, very positive. If you can get clinical, uh, or you know, therapy in any way, shape, or form, NHS, I know, you know, NHS are stretched at the moment and stuff like that. And... um it's tough. It is really tough to try and get, um, you know, a therapist, one, that you can trust, and two, that is a reasonable price. Because, yeah. unfortunately, I have had to go down the route of the paying for it. Right. And actually, that was one of the first things that I mentioned to my therapist was the fear of basically trying to pay for it. Because I thought it, it feels wrong to pay for something that is just for me. It's almost like me going, I don't know, go-karting. Well, except it could save your life. Exactly. And that's the whole, that's the ridiculous thing. I'm putting it into a context of me going out for a night out mm-hmm. or something. You know, and it's like, hold on, hold on. This is basically saving my life. And also saving my family's life. Good. Because Good. it is so much better to spend money on something that's positive for you rather than something that's really, really negative. Yeah. Okay, and, Dan. Uh, well, thank yeah. you. Thank you for ringing. And, and it's nice to hear your experience. And I know times are tough. I probably ha- actually, I probably have no idea how tough it is for you, but. You know, there is, there's hope there. I can hear it in your voice. And um, hold on to it. Can I just say one other thing about the uh, staff touching stuff? Yeah, go on. I run a company, and very early on, I very quickly realised you never, ever touch a member of female staff or male staff or anybody. If that uh, politician in America doesn't understand that, then he needs to fire all his staff. Because I'm sorry, it's a it's a blatant obvious. Okay, thanks, Darren. You I... just don't touch. Oh, <laughs> thanks very much for calling. See you later. Night. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Had an interesting tweet about that as as well. Um, thank you very much to the person that sent this through, saying, um, "Where is it? Where is it? Where is it?" Uh, it was saying something to the effect that uh, 
he's had it's a, it's a man and he's had people touch him at work you know take him by the shoulders or you know or, or approach him from the back uh, and they were surprised when he took exception to it because they have no idea what he's been through in his past and so it triggered things and that's the thing you don't know about anybody's life before they got to that point you don't know so you know I don't think it's a massive ask to just keep your hands to yourself is it Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, and I'm coming for you just after this break. The late night alternative with Catherine Boyle, speech radio with a difference. Talk radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Poor Anne, I've kept you waiting for ages. I do apologise, Anne. Hello, Catherine. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you so much for listening to me uh, when I was down. Was it Monday? Was it Monday night? Wasn't it? Oh, my pleasure. Um. Um, yeah, um, it was very nice of you, and and um, I, I, um, I didn't know if you sounded a bit preoccupied when you're speaking to the caller after me. I thought, oh crumbs, I, I'm depressed, you know, everyone, you know. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm fine, and honestly, I was just, I'm, you know, it, yeah. calls like yours. I'm going to be honest; they do yeah. leave me give, give me food for thought, but in a good way. So yeah. I and I also, most of all, I'm I'm always really touched that people feel able to tell me that stuff. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, the guy that was just on about depression, I yeah. was just—I um, know, like I was saying previously—that I think with myself, uh, with mental illness, I think like you know, um, too much spirituality and and, um, and religion's not good, you know. Um, but I, I, I think maybe a little bit in moderation. Um, I, I tuned into uh, uh, Joyce Meyer on the radio tonight, and her. Uh, topic was um uh, she's a i don't know if you know she's a, a tbn a famous minister in america no um oh she's she's well worth uh, um you know um um seeing into and her one her talk was about when you get up and go has gone and she talked about depression that some of it is chemical can be chemical and some of it can be the thoughts that we choose to have and, and go with and i don't know whether it might help that previous guy that said, you know, he suffers with depression, mm. you know, because uh, a lot of people do these days because, you, know, you know, the world is very, diff- very, very difficult for everyone now, you know. Well, do you know what? It's a lonely place and people are cut off from the sort of society that we were designed to survive in, you know, and I'm not saying that the tribal society that we used to run around in loincloths in was uh, yeah. all good, but it was yeah. necessary for survival. We'd share each other's burdens and all that sort of stuff and um uh, and the way we're living now is increasingly isolating um but you know obviously i'm not saying that there isn't a biological reason for depression in in people too but it doesn't help the way we live and the way that we're encouraged to live is kind of um accumulating crap that we don't that's not going to feed the hole in our soul and then being surprised when we still feel empty but I've got something that, if you if you don't mind me reading, it's very short. It's only a few few lines actually, and it sort of just uh, uh, goes in with what you've just said. I put wrote this last year. I put um, life is really just learning to develop the self in, in brackets the soul, whether through families, relationships, babies, or whatever. Holidays, material things, they're just a short-term fix to help us cope with our pains and tribulations. What is important is that we are drawing nearer to God. 
Mm. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking there'll be people listening who say, oh, I don't believe in God. Okay, replace God yeah. with whatever yeah. it is that you believe yeah. gives you a, a reason to live. You know, those moments where you feel joy, that. Yeah. Because, I'm, you know, I'm not a religious person. I'm not sure I believe in... I'm not sure I believe in the God that I was brought up to believe in, put it that way. But, right. but yeah. I know that there's... Yeah. There's something bigger than getting up, eating, going to work, coming home, eating again, going to bed. Yeah, 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 that's true, yeah. Yeah, I think some people, you know, um, I mean, I think some people do believe that there is a higher power, but um, maybe not necessarily the sort of image of uh, of that you have in, in religion, you know. You mean the yeah. old man white beard? Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to choose... I'm on national radio, I'm trying to choose my words. <laughs> it's lucky I don't know how to do all this, is it? Tweeting and, and uh, what is it? And well, Instagram and all that stuff. Well, that's another thing, you know, that people are living out their lives increasingly for the benefit of people they don't know. You know, all this kind of um, idea that you've got to show strangers what you're doing the whole time. Um, yeah. is is groovy. Do you know what? If it's a means to connecting in a meaningful way in the real yeah. world, cool. Mm. But if that's the extent of you reaching out, then don't be surprised when it doesn't feel natural. Yeah, yeah. And fulfilling. I think, I, think, I don't know whether we're all a bit more in tune with energy now, you know. Um, I, I, it came to me the sentence today that we wear our energy, you know, whether it be positive or negative. I mean, I was on the train the other day and there was a group of people uh, that got off and I thought to myself, I'm sure they're all from the council building. They have that energy about them, you know. Right. I'm quite perceptive, so I, I, I pick up things, you oh, know. Here we go. We're talking vibes now. I'm going to have to cut you off for a second, and I'll oh. come back to you after the news, if that's all right, because oh, yeah, sure, this fine. needs no further problem. exploration. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand. I'll be right, right back with you, Anne. And if you want to come on after, Anne, you know what you need to do. This is Talk Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio. I couldn't sleep Oh, you know it sure is hard to leave here, Carrie But it's really not my home My fingernails are filthy I've got beach tar on my feet And I miss my clean white linen And my fancy French cologne Oh, Carrie, get out your Let's have another round for the bright red devil who keeps me in this tourist town.
Side, didn't they? Erin Silken in with his cane on the razzle. Uh, Joni Mitchell and Kerry, I just love that. That's from Blue. And if you've never heard that album, it's an absolute beauty. An absolute beauty. Uh, 03444991000. I must warn you that it's now the midnight hour and we're about to venture into the kinds of conversations that you have just before kicking out time at the pub. Uh, Anne and I were talking just before the news <laughs> about vibes and how you can read people's vibes. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Go on. So, so, so explain where you where you were going with that. You're saying you were on the train and uh, people got on or off. Yeah, I know. No, there was a, a group of uh, uh, women and one or two. I think there's one or two men. Uh, they all got off at one stop, and I just thought to myself, they're from the council, because uh, as as it came to me today, people wear their energy. Everything is energy. Life is energy. Energy you can't kill. It's a life force. That's why uh, I find it sometimes, um, I suppose not everyone realises that, and that's why I find it sometimes hard to believe that people don't believe that there is an afterlife. Um, I mean, it's like like the human aura. I mean, some people, you know, do see it, mediums and, and psychics, but not only that. I mean, there is apparently something called uh, curling photography, something like that, and which can actually photograph the human aura, which yeah. is the life force. I've, I've, which, I've heard of that before as well. Yeah, so, uh, but, um, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite, uh, I don't know what's it word, perceptive, intuitive like that. I can pick up people's thoughts, energy. I mean, a lot of the time, we uh, we all we all can to some extent, but we don't realise it for what it is. I mean, it's like when you're sitting on the bus or the train and people move seats. You know, it's not always because the other person might smell. It's it, they pick up their energy and they, they're uncomfortable because their aura is mixed in with the other person's and they're not on the same wavelength, you know. I yeah. mean, it's all right, your aura is mixing if you're girlfriend and boyfriend or husband and wife, but, you know, a total stranger, they might not, you know, your aura is, you know, don't always, um, you know, get along and then yeah. people switch seats on trains and buses and, and it, or buying a house that's another way oh my know. goodness how many times have you walked into the house you've ended up buying and known it was the right one exactly and you start seeing because yourself you're there up the energy. you're picking up the, the energy of the house 
and it's you know I mean you could go into one house and it could be beautiful or you know all decorated or, or just all pretty and everything mm. and you just don't feel right you just sense this is not right and you could go to another one that probably needs loads of work yeah I was going to say, wonderful about it I was going to say, conversely, you go into a fixer-upper that everyone else thinks you're daft for buying, but you know that it's going to be all right. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Isn't it funny yeah. that? And, I, you know, I don't really hold with auras and stuff, although I've got no mm. evidence to the contrary. And yeah. actually, sometimes I'm a little bit too northern and sceptical about things and, yeah. you know, um, a bit too no-nonsense. And actually, mm. I recognise the fact that what was magic... 200 years ago is now scientific fact so you know it, it is kind of arrogant to assume we know everything about the world but this thing about being able to um intuitively recognize someone's intentions or characteristics or state of mind and stuff that's kind of something that's um a survival thing isn't it you know from when when we were working out whether we needed to f fight or fly <laughs> from the yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, you know, so you walk down the street and you know if you know if someone's about to jump you. you so you walk <laughs> yeah. across the other side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. You know. Yeah, it, it, it's very difficult being uh, uh, quite intuitive like that, you know, because uh, there's a lot of negativity in the world these days, you know. Um, um, I don't know how to explain it, you know. I mean, when I get on the bus now, um, well, I, I'm now thinking I'd be better getting on the train because there's always a lot of negativity. I always feel like Hyacinth Bouquet when I get on the bus. <laughs> I don't look like her, I promise you. But <laughs> when you're having to dye your, your shoes and your clothes, you, your bag's uh, dark just to fit in, it's something else because uh, um, I just uh, stand out a bit too much. So, um, you know, uh, there's a lot of negativity on the bus. I think it's people just where they're at, depression, um, uh, not meaning myself, but, you know, people, the, the, you know, the, the, the shortage of money and jobs and everything. Yeah, going and up. I think we're also being taught to be sort of jealous or suspicious exactly, about yeah. each other. Well, they say jealousy is the root of all evil, and it is. Mm. And, and uh, you know, I mean, I have to go nearly half across the country just for my morning coffee and to do my food shop because, uh, you know, I'm just not living, as I said previously, uh, in the right... You don't feel like you're in the right spot. Yeah, and the town nearest to me, I've outgrown it. So um, every time... I, I've now tried to stop going in there because uh, I feel I'll be almost lynched. Right. <laughs> Right. And that that's that's it that's just that that's not like a that isn't paranoia, it is just that I I just um just have a presence about me, I just don't fit in, you know. Yeah, you feel like you stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, that's it. And it's very exhausting and tiring, you know. Um I love watching the Sam Fryer's uh, uh um baby diaries. Oh, do you? Baby? No, oh I, I you know, their they're children, their babies and children, oh, they're so adorable, you know, uh, and they've got such a lovely... I mean, I know uh, no one has a, a perfect life, you know, but they seem such a healthy, lovely, you know, the, the sisters are the beautiful and their husbands and the children and their family, and, and they're just all so happy and smiley. I'd love a life like that. I, know, also, I also love the fact that she's called that baby Paul. 
Do you? Why? Just because it's a name no one uses anymore. And it seems like, you know, she called it Paul because its dad's name's Paul. And it's just an expression of, you know, very um, pure love and admiration for someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's got a nice husband. And they both have got nice husbands, you know, and uh, yeah. Bit of escapism. There's nothing wrong with that, Anne. Oh, yeah. Well, this is it. I love the Housewives of Beverly Hills as well. (gasps) Me too. Me too. (laughs) Now, what is the tea with that? Because I have heard that Kyle and, uh, what's her name, the one I love the most of all, Lisa Vanderpump, have fallen out. Oh. But obviously it's in a series that they're showing in America and we must catch up, Anne, because we're out of the loop. I love it. I I mean, they live... you back on. Well, I wonder. But they live ridiculous lives, okay, and they're too much in each other's business, probably because most of them haven't got jobs, but it's a lovely yeah. half, an hour, half an hour of escapism and you can go, do you know what? For all their money, they've got a lot of nonsense going on and I wouldn't swap yeah. that part of their lives. Yeah. They, they all do a lot of arguing, you know. I yeah. think, you know, uh, and like the um, the Housewives of Cheshire in a bed, not Oh, I haven't watched them. <laughs> Because I know I would be hooked. I started watching. I started watching the Housewives in New Jersey. That's the one that got me, and then oh. and then I got into Hollywood. Uh, the, the, those ones, but yeah. there's loads of others. There's some in Georgia as well. And oh god, I could spend my whole life watching those programs. And I know it's no good for my brain, but still, it's a nice relief now and again. Well, that's it. You know, I mean, I always think I, I don't. I don't know whether you watch Coronation Street and Emmerdale and all that. I haven't watched them for donkey's years because I'd want paying as a counsellor to watch them, you know, know, because they're they're always arguing and fighting. Yeah, Coronation Street used to be fun, didn't it? Well, I don't... uh, um, Used to be comical. uh, In what year? (laughs) A long time ago. (laughs) A long time ago. No, because they're they're just... um, I don't know, you know, too much criticising and negativity. Well, and also, why does no one ever just move because they get a different job? They all have to, like, kill each other or go (laughs) missing or... No one just moves on. (laughs) Anyway, and it's it's always nice to speak to you and it's nice to hear you laugh. Yeah, thank you. And I'm going to miss you now because this is your last night, is it? No, I've got tomorrow and I'm, I'm on all the time. I'm just usually on with Ian. Oh, yeah. Yes, I, I um, he's a bit Neanderthal, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well. I, 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 I taught myself the internet briefly, and uh, I, I just uh, tapped on YouTube, and it showed him with you, and he's talking about passing women. Oh, God, he's <laughs> awful. Yeah, so in that respect, yes, he is. But actually, th- th- he's my best mate. and, and I was going to say, he's a lovely, very close. He's a very sensitive soul, really, and... Um, I know he's got his face, looking at his eyes, you can tell he's a nice person. Yeah, he is. He's lovely. I'm just joking when he said about passing wind. I know, I won't. Well, no, you're quite right about the passing wind. That's absolutely outrageous (laughs) and we'll end in a tribunal. (laughs) (laughs) Take care, Anne. I'll speak to you again. All right. Lots of love. Night. Back at you. Bye-bye. Hello, Nelly. Nelly. Well, hello, Catherine. You okay? What are you doing keeping me in suspense? I thought you weren't there. I just heard, a, I think I heard the last part of my name. All oh, right, okay. Just an E, I don't know, I don't know what, <laughs> what it was. Anyway. Um, You're on. Yes, so um, I tweeted you about listening again to the last night's show. Great oh, yes. show it was. Thank you. And obviously the problem I've got is that when I'm listening again, if there's something that comes up that I want to chat about, I can't ring in. So imagine me as a time traveller. Okay. 
travelled back or, or travelled forward. Travel forward, travel back. Travelled forward from yesterday to today. With some words with some, will, which will make sense to people if they were listening yesterday. But it, it, I mean, well, hopefully. So, um, there was an Amsterdam story he was looking yeah. for so, at some point. Yeah, so the collective of prostitutes that work in Amsterdam are upset because the local council has decided that there's too many tourists flooding the area and so they're going to stop the walking tours of the red light district but the thing is the pros are saying those tours are conducted in kind of uh, cooperation and collaboration with us and they're done in a really respectful way and if you get rid of them what you're going to get is same people probably um but this time they're kind of walking around not really understanding what the rules of the place are taking pictures and being uh, less respectful than they would be if they had someone to explain you know, the, the sort of mores of that area? I mean, the Red Light District is a fascinating place. Mm. I mean, you can't help but sort of, you know, be in awe of just the whole place. I mean, I'm not that way inclined to sort of, you know, go pursuing anything yeah. like that, but the whole vibe of the area is just one of very... It's very liberating and very sort of... Um, it's a very nice vibe, the whole area. Is it? It's not a seedy vibe? Personally, I don't think it is because there's usually. I mean, I remember going there. I've been there a couple of times in Amsterdam, and always like we spent the night off just walking around Amsterdam, and eventually we sort of sort of wind our way through the red light district. And yeah. it's not just you know a, a place for prostitution. It's a, a lot of other things going on there too. And we had a couple of drinks there and things. And it's it's one of those places where it's an interesting place to watch other people mm-hmm. who are walking by and to see their reactions and say the way they are around uh, around the red, red light district. Yeah. It's a fascinating place to watch human behaviour. Absolutely, because like it's, it's the oldest profession. It's something that... Um, women have been using for their own survival in the past. Uh, some women more than survive on it. Some women have done bloody well out of it and ended up with a lot more power than, than men have been comfortable with in you know hundreds of years ago. But also it's been a way of, because of the taboo around it, it's been a way that women have been held back. So the fact that Amsterdam have taken a completely different uh, attitude to it and put it right there, the women are safe, safer than they would have been elsewhere and they're also held up as some kind of um you know one of the assets of the place almost you know they're doing these walking tours in collaboration with the sort of collective of prostitutes but also the council is on board with it they're not being shoved away and and no and pretending that that they don't exist Mm -hmm. it's i bet it is interesting actually yeah um the first time i went to amsterdam um i went with a friend and we traveled by car and uh, we lost his car now, how do you lose a car in Amsterdam? Well, let me explain. So, I got the ferry over from Newcastle, spent there a few days there, went back travelling his car. He knew Holland fairly well because his dad lived there, and he knew of a town next to Amsterdam where he thought, oh, we'll park the car there, get the train in, get to the hotel, then at the end of the holiday, get the car back. Which sounds like a fairly yeah, okay plan. Standard procedure? Yes, yeah, so. On the way back, the day travelling back, bearing in mind we've got a ferry to catch, uh, I waited at the train station, he ran off to grab the car. Half an hour later, he wasn't back. Uh, eventually, he turned up out of breath, saying the car wasn't there. What? And we, we found out that the car, that the road that we parked it on, that the day after we parked the car, 
there was a market on that road and they just basically sweeped the whole street of all the cars so wow. it was actually held it was held in like a, a pound some sort of yeah a pound on the other on the other side of the town where we were so we had to sort of rush over there get the car pay well <laughs> it was 300 euros to get it back as well mm-hmm. which my friend had no money left so i had to stump up for it and we just about caught the caught the train caught, caught the ferry in time but um it was uh, it was touch and go and i wasn't Best please be three hundred euros light driver. No, and and that kind of burst of adrenaline and problem solving kind of takes the edge off the relaxing nature of, you know, the trip, doesn't it? Well, yeah, and plus, um, we went over there, and obviously we had a hotel room and went and had had drinks over. He was, I wasn't sort of the uh, inclined to sort of smoke any funny cigarettes. I wasn't that way inclined. But my friend was right, and and one night. We were sort of, a, I think we were in a, one of the juice bars in, in Amsterdam. Right. And I, I just went to the toilet and I came back and he, he was just gone. And he, apparently what happened, he just, he'd wandered back to the hotel room, went to sleep, and I just didn't have the key to get, get anywhere. So I was, I, was, I was having to wander around Amsterdam for a couple of hours, figuring out as well, trying to phone him, because I couldn't work out how to phone him because we are in Holland and... Yeah, I put the cord in. I, I don't know. And he's totally oblivious. Yeah, he, luckily he woke up, and uh, I managed to ring him, so it was all fine. But um, let's just say the holiday wasn't exactly the uh, wasn't the, the, the nicest uh, uh, memory, should I say? A bit of no. a strange experience. Well, it certainly wasn't as relaxing for you as it was for your mate. No, that's that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Would you go back? Well, I had, I'd been back another time, mm-hmm. and. The second time I went back was we went. There was a few more I was going, and we actually uh, stayed in a campsite on the outskirts of Amsterdam. Right. And then sort of you can get like sort of a it's like a metro system there, and this metro system was straight into the city centre, mm-hmm. and that was really good because it was more sort of. I think if there's a lot more of you as well, to get a crowd of you together, that's a, that's that's good, um, and having like a whole camping vibe as well, which, which was nice too. So um, that's uh, that's a good way of doing it. If you can find a nice campsite on the outskirts, yeah. I would suggest doing that. Nice, nice way of doing it. Or just go with someone who's not going to lose a car and then go and have a sleep. Yeah, that's that's another thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, there's other thing from last night as well. Yeah, go on. You had some famous people ringing up, didn't you? Yeah, we did have a couple. And the strangest thing of all, they were dead famous people. Yeah, there was uh, Roger Moore. Yes. Uh, Ian McCaskill. McCaskill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, well, I've got um, someone famous here. Oh. But he's... Do you want to talk? So he's not... doesn't really want to talk. It's, um, it's not Sutty again, is it? Right, OK, yeah. No, it's Jimmy Carr. Yeah. Um, he doesn't want to talk, though, so... I'm thinking to maybe tell a joke. Maybe right. he'll do that laugh. Okay. All right, I've got a joke. Go on then. You ready? How do you know hey, when Jimmy? a How do you know when a chili is nosy? When it's up in your business. <laughs> Definitely Jimmy Carr. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Thanks, Nelly and Jimmy. I appreciate it. Experience the unconventional, the unpredictable, and the completely unorthodox. The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle on Talk Radio.
I've just found this on Twitter. It's amazing. Two years ago, Liz Smith, director of nursing at Franciscan Children's Hospital in Brighton, Massachusetts, was heading towards the elevator at work when she saw her. A tiny girl with bright blue eyes and a single soft brown curl swept across her forehead. Who's this? Smith asked the nurse who was wheeling the infant down the hall. Her name is Giselle, the nurse told her. The infant, a ward of the state, had been at the hospital for five months, but Smith had never seen her before. Smith learned that Giselle, then eight months old, had been born, born premature and at another hospital in July 2016, weighing just under two pounds. She had neonatal abstinence syndrome, a result of her birth mother using heroin, cocaine and methadone during pregnancy. The state of Massachusetts took custody of Giselle when she was three months old and transferred her to a Franciscan children's hospital because her lungs needed specialised care and she had a feeding tube. The baby didn't have a single visitor in her five months at the hospital. Social service workers were trying to place her in foster care. Giselle, Smith told herself all the way home that evening. Giselle. It was at that moment, said Smith, that she knew, I'm going to foster this baby, I'm going to be her mother. Life often interferes with well-planned intentions, and for Smith, who grew up in Andover, Massachusetts, it was no different. When she lost her mother, age 19, to liver cancer, Smith decided the best way to honour her was to live a good life and follow her selfless example. My mum was a paediatric nurse who always put others first, recalled Smith, a middle child with two brothers and two sisters. So, I grew up wanting to be a nurse too. She also wanted to nurture in a more personal way, so for decades, Smith, now 45, always thought she would marry and raise a family as her mother had. After her parents divorced when she was nine, her mum put a lot of effort into keeping the house full of laughter and joy, Smith recalled. When several of her siblings married and started to have children of their own, Smith said she naturally thought that one day she'd do the same, but it just didn't happen. I never imagined becoming a mum would be a challenge, she said. It's a desire you can try to push away and fill with other distractions, but it never goes away. As Smith threw herself into being the world's greatest aunt for her 13 nieces and nephews, 13, her siblings picked up on her pain. I always pictured Liz as a mum since she's a nurturer by nature, said one of her sisters, Ellie Smith, 40, a homeland security analyst with three boys. Liz Smith, who'd hoped to conceive through in vitro fertilisation, found out her health insurance wouldn't cover it and she couldn't afford it on her own. So her sister suggested adoption or fostering, but Smith didn't want to consider it. But then she saw Giselle. Since the moment I met her, there was something behind her striking blue eyes capturing my attention, she said. I felt that I needed to love this child and keep her safe. After putting in a request to foster Giselle, Smith went to the baby's hospital room every day after work to sit next to her crib and talk in a soft voice. She was behind developmentally and I wanted to get her out of the hospital and get her thriving, Smith recalled. Three weeks later, in April 2017, when Giselle was nine months old, she received permission to take her home with a stipulation that every effort would be made by the state to reunite the infant with her birth parents. Her friends at work threw her a baby shower and helped her set up a crib in the bedroom. Leaving the parking lot of the hospital with Giselle and a car full of baby stuff, I was in shock that it was happening, said Smith. She took off two weeks to settle into her new role. I was excited but nervous, realising I was committing everything I had to this child who might not be in my life forever, she said. Although Giselle's birth parents were initially granted supervised weekly visits, ultimately the state determined they were incapable of caring for the infant and their parental rights were terminated. No other family members were found who were able to take the baby. Smith was thrilled that she could apply to adopt Giselle, but she understood the sorrow of the situation for the birth mother and father. The day I got the call that their parental rights were terminated was very sad, she said. My gain was another's loss. It's a feeling difficult to describe when you're experiencing this life-changing moment that someone else is as well in the opposite way. And the bottom line is, it's devastating for another family. 
With plenty of nurturing from Smith, her brother Phil Smith, who lived with her at the time, and other trusted caregivers, the infant was soon meeting milestone after milestone. And by Halloween of 2017, when Giselle was 15 months old, she was walking and she knew several words. Her first word was badoon for balloon, said Liz Smith, and today we still call it that. Then, last year, on October 18th, in a courtroom in Brockton, Massachusetts, that was filled with family members, co-workers and friends, Liz Smith's dream became official. A judge signed off on Giselle's adoption and presented her with legal documents certifying that she's now the girl's mother. This is the mother-daughter relationship my sister's waited for a long time, said Phil Smith. It's plain to see they brought a completeness to each other. Although Giselle, who's now two, still needs to use a supplemental feeding tube, says Liz Smith, the daughter now weighs 23 pounds and has an appreciation for cheese, avocados and pizza. She's also energetic, loving and often bursts spontaneously into song. And her new favourite song is You Are My Sunshine, said Smith. And every time she sings it, I think to myself, you have no idea. No, you're crying. Hello, Nigel. Hello, hello. Is, is Frank Spencer here? I thought it was someone other Frank than Nigel. Spencer. Oh, how are you doing, Frank Spencer? Well, Betty's gone, Betty's gone to bed. She said I should talk to you by myself, uh, Catherine. How <laughs> you how you been today, Catherine? I'm all right. I'm all right. I've not done. I'm not yeah. fallen through the ceiling or gone down the well, hill in a bath or anything well, that you up, get up to. I got up. Uh, I got up earlier today and I went off to the food place. You oh, know, hang on! It's, hang on a minute! It's Nigel. Pardon? It's not Frank Spencer at all. It's Nigel. No, it's Frank Spencer here. Well, what are you doing? Going trouble. to a food bank? So I went to the food bank, okay. and you never guess what? When I was on my way to the food bank, I got a puncher. No, I got a puncher, and I had to pump my tire up six times. And Betty, Betty couldn't be with me, so I was on my bike on my own. Cause it wasn't a tandem, you see. <laughs> So I, got, so I had a bit of trouble getting to Maidstone on time, so so I didn't get to the place oh, no. to get my food. So I'm going to go tomorrow and get my food tomorrow, maybe, uh, before one o'clock. Yeah. Have you have you seen my Twitter lately? No, I haven't. Is there something going on <laughs> on there? <laughs> what kind I'm of a question keep, is that, I'm Nigel? I'm keep the voice going, sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the voice going and think at the same time. It's all right, Nigel. I think we'd all worked out it was you. So anyway, oh, he's anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, Frank's here. Frank's okay. Here. Um, so um, uh, have you seen my um, Nigel Reader Free? Is, is my Twitter, and uh, I've got a thousand views in 24 hours and 200 thousand two hundred views. What they're looking at though, Nigel? I've, yeah, I better go over to Nigel now. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Here we go. There's Nigel here. Is it? That's good, isn't it? Isn't that good? 1,200 views in 24 hours it's on one... Twitter. What, what are they looking at? Well, it's view. You know the views of your films. Or, uh, or, 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 well, I thought that was quite a lot, 1,200 views. Oh, my goodness, it's really good. Yes, and sometimes over a week I've had um, 14 or 15,000. Good grief. In a week. I'm starting to talk like Frank Spencer all the time now. <laughs> I can't stop talking like Frank Spencer. Happens. Okay. Ha- well, get me some water, please. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's Alan Partridge now. <laughs> I so, do that quite well, don't I, Frank Spencer? I think, yes, it's superb. So, talk to me oh, yeah. about this. I used to do, do it at Butlins, you know, um, for, for uh, talent shows. Did you? And how did you get on with that? I, I had a berry. You had to what? The berry in the raincoat. 
Oh, right, OK. What he used to wear, I thought you said you had you to know. bury him. You, you had the berry and the raincoat. OK, yeah, I've got you. So the, a long raincoat with a berry, and, I, and I, I took him off for a long time, well, you know, trying to win talent shows. But yeah. I did, I did all right at first sometimes. Good. Um, so what were you going to say, Catherine? I was going to say, just tell me again. So you went to the... Um, you, and you know where this day centre is, so you know where you're heading this oh, I time. Found, I, I remembered I knew where it was all the time. I didn't need to be shown. What are you like? I, uh, yes, because I, it was the Salvation Army at the back of the Salvation Army place. Is that where it is? Okay. Yes. So I, I went. I went there today after the the time you're supposed to get the food, and they said uh, I spoke to the lady. She said come back tomorrow or next week. You know when I want some food. Okay. So that's okay because I, I because it cost me fifteen pounds to get my bike repaired because of the, having an injury put into my tire. Oh no. I couldn't do it because I had a fall in my tire. Right. <laughs> a fall in my tire. It sounds nasty. So, anyway. Okay, but so... It's a lot of money, isn't it, Catherine? Pardon? £15. It's a lot of money to get your um, back wheel done. Yeah, it is. It is. But if I couldn't really afford it. But if it um, enables you to get there... And you well, can... it gets from A to B, yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, we spend more on cars, let's put it that way, but I know it's time, well, times are tr- to tough. Run. It don't need any petrol. Push. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Nigel. Well, good so, luck tomorrow. So, um... I know where it is now, and I can go. I, um, yeah, so that you think that's quite a lot of thousand views in twenty-four hours. I think it's. I think it is, it, isn't it? I think it's very impressive on Twitter. Yeah. Do you get that many? No. Do I? Yeah, I'm boring. I saw you on Twitter. You're Catherine Boyle, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Boyle, wasn't that's it? That's me. Yeah. yeah. I saw. But it hasn't got a tick on your one. No. I'm not famous is enough. That, is that still you, though? Yeah, it's still me. Still you. I, I did. Did you get my message the other week? I did send a message on there. What did it say, Nigel? I can't remember what it was, but I can do a new one tonight if you want. Okay. Do you look at it very often? I look at it a bit, but I, you know, some, sometimes yeah. I don't. I, all day, I don't have it with me all day, so I, if I miss I it, I miss it. The stars don't look at them very often, either. Oh do they? no, they have people to look at it for them. They haven't got time for, for it, have they? Yeah, too busy being fabulous. I, don't, I, don't, I, you know, I went down to see Helen Grant. I went down to Helen Grant's place, and I saw um, Alex and Katie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, bro- I broke down a bit. I, I had a bit of a nervous breakdown when I, I, I was crying, and I was so upset about Mum. You know, yeah. you know. Um, and I, I um, sort of had a bit of a breakdown, and I got over it. And, yeah. and, and I hadn't eaten all day, and um, I'm struggling to cope with it. Honestly, was that today um, that happened? Well, because I had all the trouble with the bike and I couldn't get into Maystone, so I had to keep stopping and pumping the tire. And, yeah. But and, you've, um, you've eaten since then, right? Pardon? You've eaten since then, though, haven't you? Oh, of course, eaten yes. I did have a burger about uh, 2 o'clock because okay. I got, got to Maystone quite early. OK. But, uh, so uh, I, I went down to see them because I was so depressed, uh, you know, about everything. Yeah, and, um, yeah. But, and then I, I sort of started to cry as well. Do you know what? It's all, Everything you feel is natural mm. and it's, mm. a, it's allowed and people understand. And the thing is about... And they said to me, yeah. I was going to say, what you're... F- to me, I'm always welcome to go and see them, they well, say. And they mean yeah. it and they're good people. Here's, mm. here's the deal, Nigel. Don't ever be embarrassed about missing your mum because it's still very no. new and you'll no. find that you get on with things during the day and then it creeps up on you and you just have to let well, it let it out. So black. Everything's so black to me. Um... I can't stand the quiet now. You know, I used mm. to like quiet to go to sleep, but I must have something on. Yeah. 
to, to take my mind off of it, like the television. Or, I listen to the radio while I go to sleep. Yeah, not this you know, show, though, no. Pardon? Nothing? Yeah, so I have the radio on, uh, leave the radio on, and then I drop off to sleep for about an hour, then wake up. I've only had two hours sleep in two days. Oh, that's no good, Nigel. You must look after no. yourself. Well, I'm getting me tablets tomorrow that help me from the doctors. You know, the anti- I've run out of the antidepressant one. Okay. So hopefully they'll help me to sleep, but they might not. Because sometimes they don't. Um, okay. It's just it, it, it's just catching up with me now. The the shock really. Yeah. Hey um, Nigel, have you tried ASMR? What's that? Um, well. I'm going to speak to Sally in a minute, and I know Sally mm-hmm. swears by it for not being able... When she can't sleep, if you look on mm-hmm. YouTube, and I know you look on YouTube because you... Yeah, right? yeah, all different things. Put, yeah, put ASMR, and what it is, it's this weird thing where people, they talk like this, and they'll mm-hmm. be talking all the way through about various things, whispering like that. And some people mm-hmm. find it very relaxing. Oh, I see, yeah. I don't think I would, I would. You don't like people whispering in your ears, Nigel? I don't mind. Sounds quite sexy sometimes. Well, precisely. Do you know what, Nigel? Whatever gets you to sleep is fine. But yeah, but I, no, no. I find that if I watch a girly film, it it takes my mind off it as well. You know, but to, to carry on normal, you know. Okay. So, well, thanks for sharing that. Well, no, I mean, don't, not anything too rude, but 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 anything. You know, if I watch, no, no, I'll tell you what I do like listening to Miley Cyrus sing. Okay. Uh, well. That some of her singing is Yeah, but some of her singing is a bit too hot rocking. You'll never get to sleep with that going on. No, I'm talking about uh, the Broken Heart one, the country western. Oh, yeah, that one. That, that the country and western sound. Um, yeah. But anyway, so uh, I've been really quite busy washing and lots of things. All right then, Nigel, we'll listen. But I, I, I can't seem to get tired, so I do drop off to sleep. It's impossible for my brain to relax, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, you are a very active person. All that biking yeah. and fresh air, you need to yeah. you need to rest. Even if you're not asleep, just make sure you're lying down. I, it's horrible lying in bed when you can't sleep. I, I, oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Have you got a little eye mask? Uh, no. Put, I'll turn the light out, though. Turn I, the I, light I, out I, and, I, and stick something yeah. over your eyes. Well, no, I do lay in the dark. Once I get into bed, I turn everything off and it's, it's dark and I just listen to the radio. All right, well, um, do you know there's a lot of people doing that now and hearing you? Mm, mm. Isn't that funny? But I did. Um, I feel a bit guilty about it. I keep breaking down wherever I am, you know. You mustn't. I, I, I've just lost my mum, you know. Yeah, you mustn't. Don't ever apologise for that. It's natural mm. and everyone's going to go through it at some point if they're lucky enough to have mm. a mum in the first place. Mm. Uh, it's kind of okay. I better go. I, I might maybe I'll ring you tomorrow and do a song. Um, well, do you know what? I'd like you to ring me tomorrow just to let me know whether you got to that food bank in the end. Yeah, because everything every time I try to go, something is stopping me. But yeah, <laughs> you'll get there, Nigel. You'll get there tomorrow. I'll get there eventually. Yeah. yeah. All right. Take care of yourself. Uh, I'll do. I'll do a song tomorrow night. Then. Is that all right tomorrow night? That would be excellent. Do a song. That would be excellent. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd rather do the uh, the Miley Cyrus one for my mum, the the, uh, the one I use. You can do whichever one you want. Mm. All right, Nigel. Not Carrie Fergus. <laughs> <laughs> you can do Carrick Fergus if you want. Do you know, for a lot of our listeners, Carrick Fergus well, is a hit. All right, you can sing that if you want. Mm. All right, Nigel. Uh, speak to you. Um, have a nice day tomorrow, and I'll speak to you tomorrow night then, Catherine. You too, Nigel. Night, night. Bye, 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 Catherine. Bye, Nigel. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Sally, I'm coming your way now, so brace yourself. 
The Late Night Alternative with Catherine Boyle. Speech Radio with a difference. Talk Radio. There's just under two weeks to go before our sister station, Talk Sport, puts the legend that is John Motson live onto the stage at London's Greenwood Theatre. That's Monday, April 15th. You can be there to hear Motty talking to Talk Sport's Paul Hawksby about his amazing career in sports broadcasting over the last 50 years, including jousting with Brian Clough, Sir Alex Ferguson and many more. Don't miss it. Grab some of the last f- uh, tickets now from talksport.com forward slash live show for a great night out. Hello, Sally. Hello. Hello. There's loads of ASMR videos I'm sure Nigel would love. Well, out there. I don't yeah. want to unleash any sort of beast, so maybe best not. <laughs> when he said he enjoyed listening, watching girly films, I didn't want to yeah. probe any further. No, I think I've, yeah, I think you did right there. He's a, <laughs> he's a single man, he can do what he wants. Yeah. But yeah, they, you know, they really do help me, so um, yeah. What is it? Um, what is it that that, that works? Because it, it's a strange thing, and for some people it does nothing at all. Other people yeah. find it creepy, and you yeah. love it, don't you? Yeah, I mean, um, I've, I've sort of had it since I was a child. Um, watching someone do something very meticulous and slow, yeah, um, and that it makes my head go all fuzzy and tingly, and my limbs and that, and. Um, a few years ago, I wasn't well. I was in and out of hospital a lot, and I wasn't sleeping very well. And I was desperate to find something to, to you know, to calm me down and, mm-hmm. and that. And I was looking on YouTube, and I just came came across ASMR, and it it just really helped me. And I've been using it ever since. And yeah, yeah it just it, it calms me down if I'm having a panic attack. Um, it just yeah, it just relaxes me and helps me sleep, and it's my go-to thing now. If you know, if I if I need to sleep, yeah. so well, whatever but, works, um, whatever works. Yeah, um, there's a lot of there's a lot of people who use it for uh, PTSD and and things like that, and um, a lot of um, uh, ex-soldiers comment on there that they you know they use it a lot to help them sleep and. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and um, adverts is now starting to use it, and I know KFC and Pepsi have used it as, um, for their advertising. And um, there's a channel where famous actors and actresses um, will come on and do ASMR and things like that. And yeah, it's sort of taken off a bit more. So yeah, yeah. yeah. interesting, really interesting. And I always find people's sort of remedies for not being because not being able to sleep is the most frustrating. And then, you know, it have knock-on effects for the next day. Yeah. You can't function properly. Then you start to stress about whether it's going to happen again. That whole thing, just ugh, just awful. So whatever yeah. whatever gets people through, I find really um, really fascinating. I bought myself yeah. one. I said to Nigel about the eye masks, because I've never really bothered with anything like that in the past. Yeah. But I do find that because of the the hours I work when the sun and I've got very light curtains when the sun comes up it kind of starts to wake me up and now yeah. I've got this these eye, this eye mask which is ridiculous it's like a cat <laughs> and terrified my husband the first I didn't tell him I had it and he said he woke up and there was this like kind of bandit <laughs> right in his face um, 
But I mean, I've never experienced such a deep sleep. Well, not for years anyway, because before I did this shift, I was doing breakfast shift. So my um, body clock's always been skew with. But honestly, that mask has worked miracles. Yeah, I, I mean, I tried an eye mask before. I'm a, I'm a huge Audrey Hepburn fan. And, yes. You know, I always imagine myself waking up, you know, like breakfast at Tiffany's right. with the eye mask. I've looked, and... I've looked for a mask just like that, and you can get them from America, but they're like 40, 50 quid, and I can't justify oh, that. But they are super elaborate. Yeah, but it just, it's never worked for me. No. No. <laughs> Not like it worked for her, you know. <laughs> no George Peppard knocking on my door. <laughs> So, I used to uh, love that film, but it doesn't. There are bits of it, big bits of it now that don't hold up anymore. No, the, the, the Mickey Rooney. I mean, Mickey and, Rooney. I never really yeah. got it, but I suppose it was <laughs> of its time. Yeah, um, but yeah, I was, I was also going to um, say you need to. Um, you're missing out on the Housewives. Oh, what? I'm, I'm watching the wrong ones. You need to. You need to get. There's an app called Hey You. Right. Um, it's all legal above board and everything. Um, it's three ninety nine a month. What? And yeah, it's three ninety nine a month. All of the housewives are on there. The Kardashians. I don't watch the Kardashians, but every single episode of the housewives is on there. They're sh- they're on there like two hours after it's sh- um, shown in America. Um, and yeah, it's all it's all going on between with Lisa Vanderpump. So w- what's the score with Lisa and Kyle? Oh well, what's happened is is Dorit Dory. As, um, she's had a she's adopted a puppy from Vanderpump. Okay, you know, she's so got his dog Dor- Dorit is the one that has got the weirdest accent in the world, but she's actually an American, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. I've got you. And she's her husband is Boy George's manager. Yeah, PK. Yeah, PK. Oh God. Right. Yeah. And I love Lisa, but she gets herself into a lot of trouble, mostly because she's too British and they just think yeah. she's rude. But she's actually just been quite dry. Yeah. So, yeah, Dorit D- has adopted this dog from Vanderpump. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, it didn't go down very well. It, it bit the kids. Oh, and, no. And PK. So she gave it away, but the dog ended up in a in a shelter, which euthanises. Oh, no. And she, instead of giving it back to Vanderpump. Okay, and Vanderpump is a massive kind of dog lover and goes yeah. on marches to stop people being cruel to dogs and stuff, so this will go down like a cold cup of sick. Proceed. Yeah, exactly. So now now there's this rumour going around that Vanderpump has got Teddy involved um, because Teddy and Dorit don't get on. Right. Who's Teddy? And, this is a new person. Um, Mellencamp. Oh, right. She was in last last season. God, let me oh, Google. My God. Let me Google the face. Right, and she's got her involved. She's got her involved, saying, "Oh, you need to bring up the dog, and you know, and and that, you know, because I want to stir some, you know, poo up for Doreen." <laughs> and um, but Teddy's gone. You know what? I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not getting involved in everything. Wow. And, and Lisa's denying it. And now it's all radar online and. So Carl has said, oh, I don't believe you. I think you're selling stories. And basically Ken and Lisa threw her out of the house the other night. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I love Lisa Vanderpump. I do too. And I love the relationship she's got with Ken. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's adorable. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love I love Ken. I think he's great. Ken's he's great. great. And he kind of, he'll put up with the crap for a certain amount of time before he gets, he gets quite British about things. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's enough. Exactly. Yeah. Off you go. Yeah, it was all. Yeah, it was all very. Um, yeah, all very British. Um, um, Lisa just throwing her out, and 
you know, and it was, yeah, it was all, yeah, so get that app, because right. they're on there, and they're all, everything is on there, and it's only, you know, quite cheap. Well, so. I love them, but three ninety nine is a lot for, I mean, essentially, crap. <laughs> it, is, it is crap, but it's funny. It, it is, it, I do, I it's do love that show. the only girly thing I, that I actually do. I don't really watch girly things or, or anything like, like that. I got into Drag like Race. That. I think you could get quite a lot out of Drag Race, Sally. Drag race. RuPaul's Drag yeah. Race. Because apart from anything else, the makeup is amazing. You can sit there having just done your makeup, right? And you watch those guys do it and you think, I need to put a bit more mascara on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get some tips. There, there, are, there are some really great um, um, uh, drag um, uh, YouTube videos on, yes. on how to put makeup on. And yes. it's brilliant. And in fact, so, me um, and the girls have been watching this new thing on BBC Three again. Uh, it, it's crap, but it's it's fun. It's called yeah. Glow Up, and it's makeup artists uh, competing. But it's oh, not. Right. But it's not just like sort of standard makeup. They do the sort of face paint illusions and all that kind yeah. of stuff too. So. Oh well, I'll give that a go. And that won't cost you three ninety nine. No, it won't. Well, you, well, there are other options to watch it online, but... <laughs> I should pursue them, but of course, go down the legal route, always. Yeah, go down, always, always go down the legal route. But yeah, it's it's all kicking off on Housewives. My God, I love that show so Looking much. Looking forward to the reunions. Oh my, and they're, they're brilliant as well, and his face. Yeah. Um, is it Andy? <laughs> Andy, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sally. That was a lovely all little right. rampage that no one else is going to get, but I appreciated no. it. <laughs> Take care. Good night, Sally. Nice. Bye. Hi. Quick word with Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hello. How are you doing? How are you doing? Rough, rough again today. Oh, blimey, Jerry. Uh, uh, Two five hours. Three hours ago from the hospital. Mm-hmm. And it lasted two minutes. Oh, blimey. Yeah, let's get transport back and that's wait three hours. Oh, man. That's so no good. I rough day. I feel like I've been in the ring with Mike Tyson. Be funny if it wasn't so annoying, wouldn't it, Jerry? It's really frustrating. I bet. I bet. Because it's like someone's holding you back with a piece of rope. No, no. I move. I'm really sorry, Jerry. Listen, you phoned me and I've got like a minute to go, so I'm going to have to say goodnight uh, to you. But I've been, I've been trying to come round all night. Oh, bless you. Thank well, you. look after yourself and maybe we speak tomorrow a bit earlier because I, I do want to know what's going on with you. Yeah, I'm bad for you, All right. Say hello to Paul again. No win, no fee. I will do. He's coming through now. No win, no fee. Jerry saying hello. Hello, Jerry. Catch the bus. (laughs) Pack the bus, he says. Catch the bus. (laughs) Hello, Jerry. Good evening. Good morning. What time of the day it is. He's having a bit of a bad freeze at the moment, aren't you, Jerry? Oh, are you? Yeah. I watched Jack Jack the Ripper documentary. Very good. Oh, you watched Jack the Ripper. I've recorded it, so don't tell me what happened. We had the professor from that program on this morning, Jerry, on the show. He's a great chap, Professor David Wilson. Fascin- I saw the first ten minutes. He looked fascinating. I listened to your program last night. Good. Good. Well, keep listening, because it's coming up next. Jerry, we'll speak tomorrow. Yeah, take care. Take Good night. Care. Bye, Good Jerry. Night. Bye, Jerry. Bye-bye. Bless him. What have you got coming up, mister? Well, it's a big anniversary for me. It's part of my childhood, um, part of my obsession. It's the 80th birthday of Batman this week. Oh! All kinds of things have been announced to do with it. The Joker movie was heavily trailed yesterday, so we're going to play a bit of that with Joaquin Phoenix as <laughs> the latest Joker. And the first comic book was... it was, it was The front cover date was May 1939, Detective Comic number 27. In fact, it came out first week in April. So we're looking back at 80 years of Batman, some great clips on it, and, you know, if people have got anything they want to chip in, who their favourite Batman was, for example, I'd, I'd start a list for once. Who's your Catwoman? 
Michelle Pfeiffer. Really? I quite like um, Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar all the way. And, and you know, Eartha Kitt played with the TV I series know. as well. I found it terrifying. Down. Halle Berry, not so much. But no, Michelle Pfeiffer, that was such a... The first Tim Burton Batman, I think, is my favourite. Better than Christian Bale. With Jack Nicholson as the Joker, it's just incredible. I've only seen those. I've not seen the new ones. They're not bad, the new ones, but they kind of rely on you knowing a bit about the reinvention comic books of Ras Al Ghul and stuff. Ben Affleck was a bit of a disaster, God I... bless him, and said it himself. So he's hung up his back cape and the cow's gone. But the new Joker film's out in October, so it's basically all things Batman on the show this morning. And also, really disturbing story, but one from the past. They've just worked out who the last civilian casualty was in the UK in the Second World War. Wow. Now, the Germans were still attempting to bomb us. It in Hull. It was uh, March the 17th, 1945, and it's a woman who died shielding her twin sons... Oh, gosh. ...from a strafing attack. It's an amazing, I mean, heartbreaking, but amazing story. We've got the historian who's uncovered that on the programme a little later on. I'll be listening on the way home. Thank you, Paul. Ross is coming up next. Thanks for your company tonight. I shall see you same time tomorrow, 10 till 1. Until then, bye-bye. Talk Radio. Join the Talk Nation. Pick up your phone and talk radio. We'll get you talking.